500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the man comes the ghost who walks the man comes enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds G'day everybody and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 58 of the X-Band podcast. Wow, they are, we're really moving through these, aren't we guys? With us normal, uh, like normal, we have Dan and Steve. How are you guys going? Going well, Jermaine. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever it is, everybody. Good to be with you. <laughs> I'm Steve? Doing, uh, doing well, Jam, yourself? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. We won uh, Australia won the cricket, and then WA flogged the Vicks. It's looking pretty good. Um, all we need now is the Eagles to win the premiership, and it will be a great year. <laughs> this is why it's not a. <laughs> this is why it's a fandom podcast, not a sporting podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay, guys. So um, today it's like a little bit special uh, from the normal comics reviews or interviews. We are going to do a review. Now, we enjoy our reviews over here. We normally do our yearly reviews, and we've decided to do a Fruit Renaissance Year One review as well. So what that is is basically, as if you've been living under a rock, you may not know that there is a new Fruit Crew in town. And they have, let's be honest, they have done a lot in the space of a year. Um, and so what we thought we'll do is, we've been talking about this for a little while, is we'll do a review of their first year, which um, we'll go through all the stats and everything like that. And then we're going to do a couple of interesting things. And we're going to get our English school teacher to run this bit of it. So, Dan, over to you, buddy. All right, thanks, Jim, and thanks, uh, Steve. All right, so obviously we're talking about the year of 2016 and into 2017, uh, which covers the, the 12 months since Ben Ford and Renee White were announced as the owners of Fru and working with Dudley Hogarth, as you say. In terms of the first year, we are counting from the Snake Ring, which obviously was uh, issue 1745, which came out on February the 23rd after, I think it was about a seven-week um, or eight-week Layoff with no Phantom comics, so it was such a relief to see one. Um, came out, as I said, February 23rd, 2016, and we go through to the issue that is current today. Uh, came out on February 23rd, 2017. That's issue 1776. Um, so that does give us 31 episodes for that uh, 365 one-year period, um, which is is the true commitment to its readers. Um, and so from here, I've got a bit of uh, breakdown of the stats um, of what took place inside those 31 issues. Uh, so to begin with, I've noted that there were 11 episodes of Heart of Darkness, which was the, the filler that goes on the end um, of, for the 22-page Egmont stories. Um, so one in every three Phantom comics had an uh, episode of Heart of Darkness. That surprised me a little bit, boys. What did you think? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I guess we got a few where they were back-to-back and then like, we didn't see anything for about a, you know, about a month or two. <laughs> All right. Um, so also amongst the 31 issues, we had three of the Replica series issues, everybody's favourite, 
um, two annuals in uh, in a 12-month period, which was pretty cool. Um, that was the 2016 annual, which was the eight Lee Fork stories from eight decades, and then the Girl Phantom um, annual 2017, uh, very recently. Uh, one anniversary special, which was uh, un- unique, I suppose, that 80th anniversary. We had two multiple-story specials, which was the four-story Christmas issue and also the Black Fire double-parter, which came out in the middle of the year. Uh, there was one issue that had a poster as a centerfold, which was also pretty cool. Um, but in terms of how many stories across those 31 issues, there were th- uh, 70 individual stories published by Fru this year, uh, 69 uh, normal comic books and one prose story. Um, of those 70 stories, 44 were previously unpublished by Fru ever, and 26 were reprints. Um, it's important to note in the reprints that of those 26, nine of them were across the three replicas, of course, and eight were in the Girl Annual Special. So that's a fair chunk taken across those two areas. Um, all of the other stories that were uh, reprints this year were only the second ever reprint of the story, except for King's Cross Connection, uh, which had its third reprint. Um, does that surprise the, you that there's the, the And one of the uh, female phantoms as well. Oh, of course, yes, well, uh, the original female phantom in the uh, girl... Uh, yeah, that was the 13th time, okay, that Fru has ever published that story. That's, um, not that including is... the, that's not including the fork one, is it? Yeah, 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 no, that is the fork one. Yeah, the lead Yeah, fork. no, there was... Um, so there was another... One of the Egmont stories in the girl phantom special annual was yeah. um, has been printed three times as well. Uh, which one was it? Oh, I can't remember at the top of my head. Um, slave Traders, oh. the Slave Railway. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Because um, it was called the Railway Slaves the first time it came out, so that threw me. I wasn't sure if that was the – and I didn't go back and check. Um, yeah, so of all the stories in the Girl Phantom issue, there were three that were published for the first time ever, and um, the other eight were all repeated. But as I say, only once or, or, or twice before. Um, yeah. So does that does that split of 44 brand new stories and 26 reprints does that surprise you? There's like the one third two third split. Well, that um the 70 stories that you're talking about um those like part one, part two, part three are they counted as one story or are they you know? Oh no, I counted them stories. as separate stories because um yeah it was it just got very complicated for I'm not a maths teacher and it got complicated <laughs> so I, if if a if a story was uh, split over Two issues, then I counted them as separate stories. Like the Black uh, Fire, like the Black Fire. No, no, no well, uh, yeah, no, Black Fire I counted as two stories as well, even though yeah. they were both in the. Yeah. 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 So and that's Heart where the seventy comes from. And Heart of Darkness is just one story. Oh, actually, Heart of Darkness sits outside all of these stats because I didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> it's a special extra thing. A special extra thing. I didn't. Well, well, when I get to in a moment, I'll talk about how many authors and artists we've had, and it just seemed unfair for Ramethi to get eleven free kicks uh, because he had Heart of Darkness published so many free times. Free kick Ramethi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So your question about about was it surprising to have a, a one to three ratio of reprinted stories? Yeah, so for every three stories published by Fru this year, one was a reprint and two were brand new. 
And most of the reprints were contained inside the two annuals. The annuals and then the replicas, yeah. yeah. And the replicas, of course, yeah. Because the replicas are a bit like that as well. It's a bit of a free kick, um, you know. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think this is... We're going to touch upon this a little bit more later, but I think this juggle of unpublished through comics and reprinted stories, i.e. the fork stories, is, is going to be the... Um, uh, it's probably one of their most difficult tasks, you know, trying to keep the... Because I think you, you, you have to... Because the Phantom... Let's face it, the Phantom is so much of Lee Fork. Well, you know, Lee Fork is, you know, is the Phantom. That you have, kind of have to have Lee Fork in there. You got You have to have his stories in there, even though we've all read them you know, a million times. The thing is, we still like reading them. Like, but one of the things I, that I got into it was, or one thing that I really liked about the, the comic was that, um, you know, you got, got these new stories, but also got the old ones. But the big, um, the big problem with what they've been doing with the replicas is that they're heavily edited, and you're not getting them in their um, full glory. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think you do have to do justice to, uh, and, and we're going to talk a lot about trying to get new readers you've got to do justice to the new readers by exposing them or sharing those as well. And the problem you've raised there, Stephen, is absolutely right. Um, and I probably hadn't thought of it exactly that way before, but um, I think that new readers are still still should get some fork stories. Um, Agree. Regularly. Agree. But the replicas is not the answer. But no. anyway, this isn't a replica bag. No, 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 no. Podcast. Anyway, okay. Um, so in other, in other news, like so of the... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it gets mentioned like every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so of those 31 issues that came out over the last 12 months, three of them were never published before anywhere uh, in the world. So that's one and a half stories. By the time we've got um, Belmang's Expedition in the Jungle and uh, the current uh, 1776, as I said, is is the first part of a Lou Manor. The second part is coming next week, so it just misses, it misses out on the stats. But uh, that's that's very new for Fru. Yeah, agree. What's really surprised me when I counted them up, there were actually 13 colour stories, um, stories printed in colour. Now, we've never had any colour stories before, and suddenly we've got 13 in the first year. Now, that is only across the four issues, because obviously there were multiple stories in the 80th. Um, the Christmas special was all special, uh, all colour, and the Girl Phantom. I am including uh, Treasure of Green Hell from the 80th special, um, printed in red. So in that 13, so 12 genuine colour and uh, 13 that weren't black and white. It's a fair bit, especially for the first year ever having colour. Do you, do, you think, do you think it's been a success, guys, the colour? Yes. I've liked it more than what I thought I would. Uh, what do you think about the colour with some with the paper quality, though? That's probably my one concern is that the colour hasn't exactly popped. Well, that, that's the only issue I see. And I think that was apparent in the 80th, not the 80th, sorry, the um, the female phantom, especially in the last story, yes. the, the, the Moonstone story, that... that um, it didn't work well. Yes. It wasn't of great quality there, but um, yes. if they can you, up the quality, it's you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, and, but you've uh, got to weigh that. Like that's obviously one that they've had. You've had the Moonstone, which was on the glossy paper to compare yeah. against, um, and that 
if 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 we go to using the glossy paper to help the colour pop, then we're going to start paying yeah, for that, that obviously. Yeah, that, that's where that balance comes in. And yeah. and like I said before, I haven't read the new issue, so I haven't seen what the colour's like on on that. Mm. So Steve, as talking about the colour, which has just gone into another interesting point, which is a byproduct of the colour. What did you think? Because me and Dan get subscriptions, so in a sense, it doesn't really affect us. But as someone who buys fruits from the news agent, how did the Christmas special, which was jacked up in price, and or an increase in price, it's probably a better word of putting it, and the same as uh, the Louis Manor, which is, I think, from memory, $6. I think it is, yeah. For 32 pages. How does, how does that affect you as someone who actually has to go to the news agent. Is that a, is that a put off for you? Or? Every time, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't say a put off. I would say a concern. I thought that, um, well, this, the late, the blue manor, I thought maybe five. Um, yeah. Yeah. Five bucks. Seems like it's just a, a standard number of pages, isn't it? It's not. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I had in my head, it was going to be five. Um, and then, yeah, they, they charged six. Um, what was the other one that you said? Oh yeah, the, the Christmas, Christmas special, Christmas special which was that they really did jack that one up. I wasn't ready for that one, but um, yeah. that was twelve. But that still was a hundred pages though. It was, but I, I, like I was probably it was a hundred pages at what was it, ten or eleven dollars? Twelve, I think. Twelve, I think. Yeah. Which, if you actually which, do, if I, you do the maths, is better value than the Lou Manor. Well, of yeah, 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 yeah. But, but um, I think a lots of fa- uh, long-term Phantom fans, when we are. Would have in our heads wrongly, obviously, that twelve dollars was more than what we used to pay for uh, the annual. <laughs> you know, that, and that's obviously twenty years ago, but that number sticks. Yeah, like like I've said on early podcasts, I'm used to paying a dollar fifty. I'm still coming coming to yeah. $2.50. Man, you're like uh, about ten, fifteen years behind the times, mate. Well, oh, yeah, twenty odd, because that's when I was got them back in the in the mid nineties. That's how, how much they were. So that's how much they still are in my head. I know they're not. We've, we've probably got we've probably got listeners who still remember paying it with the old Queen money. <laughs> I tell you what, if you can't get out of your head that you used to pay five shilling for a, uh, a Phantom comic, then, <laughs> or five penny or whatever it was, you're not going to like. But it raises. Sorry, what you guys? But Steve? yeah, having said that, it, it does affect the the wallet, and you got to um, and you got to account for it. Like, um, yeah, it's only a couple of dollars, but. You know, the, that couple of dollars could have been what you set aside to go buy cereal or something, or, or you know, yeah. a couple of liters of milk. Like, I'm, oh, like there's I'm, certainly people it would affect strongly. Yeah. Like, I'm not a pensioner. Yeah. and you know, I'm working and that type of stuff, so it's not it's not that bad. But um, you know, say you're on a, a limited income, like you know, we're talking about older readers or traditional readers, and um, who would be on that fixed income. You know, that that couple of extra dollars will hit them. Well, I think so. Mm. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's 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 an interesting point. Like, I don't, I don't think there's an answer to. It. I think you have to keep it colour. Um, I think you have to have colour every so often because it makes it a slicker production. Yeah. But you you know, but you you are going to upset a few of the traditionalists. But I think, as I've said before, you just got to have to cop that on the chin. I think the answer would be to to get the subscription. Um, yeah. Now, but even the subscription costs have gone up quite a lot as well. Well, that, well that's right. And um, I tell you what, if there was a, a way to do it 
rather than just paying you know a one-off fee of 100 and whatever it is if you could do it in like um quarterly installments or something like that maybe that um you know could help those guys on on a fixed income or or whatever yeah so instead of 175 up front you could split what's 175 divided by four any mass any mass people out out there probably yeah, screaming it at us while we're trying to still figure it out. I was getting a calculator out. <laughs> so, oh, look, yeah. if, you, if you broke that down and were able to pay by the month, then you're looking at less than $20 um, yeah. a month that yeah. could be direct debited or whatever. Um, well, well still you, don't, you don't notice quarter. that as much, do you? Yeah, Sorry? You wouldn't notice $45 coming out, going out of your bank account yeah. or your credit Once card every three, every months. three months or right. something like that. Um, so, yeah, so that might be an idea. There you go. There That's you my go. idea. There you go. Oh, there you go. We'll give that finally one to... get a free badge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to write that one in now just to make sure he hears it. <laughs> All right. All right. Back to the stats. Back to the stats. <laughs> There's only a couple of other last ones to go through, and that's just the, the mention of how many authors um, and artists we've had. So, um, again, these numbers are skewed by the replicas because I have counted them, and I haven't, <laughs> and I haven't counted Harvard of Darkness. Uh, but that would give 18 to Lee Fork. Uh, as I say, nine of those are replicas, and uh, the bulk of the rest are in the two are in the first annual anyway. Um, the most uh, regular current author is uh, Klaus Romanthi, of course. Um, he had eight out of the 70 stories, plus, of course, all of Harvard. Very, very wide range, isn't it? Uh, 23 different ones, yeah. Mm, 23 out out, out of, of 70. 30, yeah. That, of course, was bulked out by um, the 80th special, which had authors that most of us had never heard of before. So um, <laughs> that, that made a big difference. Yes. Yep. Uh, likewise, I guess the artists, we've actually had more artists, so 29 different artists um, in the 70 episodes, 70 issues. Um, most prominent issues. was Wilson McCoy. Sorry? 31 issues, 70 stories. Yes. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting. You're getting better. Uh, tongue tied yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go. Let's not get silly. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, twelve of the stories were by Wilson McCoy. Again, the the same issue as the fork there before. Most prominent modern artists was Carrie Leppinen. Felmang had five. Oh, sorry, Carrie had uh, six stories. Felmang had five. Um, there was a whole bunch of others on on and fours and whatever, but I thought it was interesting to note that of the 70 stories, only three were by Sayer Barry and only one was by Ray Moore. And those four together all appeared in the um, 2016 annual. So if you didn't get that, you didn't see any Sayer Barry or any Ray Moore in 2016-17. Which is a big change. Yes. The other thing that I find interesting is that Filmang's right up there because he hasn't really done much new stuff for Egmont so there's, there's obviously a, um, a love for filming understandably um, by the current free crew well that's been obvious with the covers and recent issues and things that they've been um, yeah. putting out but I, I don't mind that at all. As you say, there's understandably a love for Felming, and he's been underrepresented lately, you know, over the last few years. Um, and they've also gone with some other big name, but rarely seen in Australia, um, artists. Uh, and I'm thinking of Sal Valuto and, of course, Alex Saviuk, um, amongst those as well. So we've seen those guys doing covers um, 
mm. which has been which has been good too. I'd like to see a bit more Salvolito work. Like he he didn't appear in any story this past year. Is that right? Yeah, obviously obviously Fru's a little bit restricted because bulk of their new stuff still comes from Egmont. Oh yeah, yep. absolutely. So, um, like, Sells obviously was doing Herms, and then he did a few covers for Agmont, but he hasn't, I don't think he's done a story for a little while. No, no, but, it, but even just, <laughs> even just to see the Voluto cover for the Christmas, you know, just to see some involvement. Uh, anyway, so, um, so those are the stats. Any other comments on the, I guess those are going to inform a little bit of what we talk about as we go forward from here. Uh, we may refer back to those, and I'll make sure that all of those statistics are also um, on the Chronicle Chamber post when we put the podcast up as well. So um, anyone can look back at those if you haven't uh, been able to remember what we've said as we've gone through. Any other comments on that, lads? No. no oh, Bill, Bill Lignanti got a bit of a mention. Um, I, I must admit, I, um, I, I thought it was an interesting choice with free going down the path of the uh, the King Charlton stories. Um, yeah, so so he had four stories in mm. um, the year, three of which were in the Girl Phantom issue, but he also had the uh, SOS Phantom in the Christmas special. Yeah, because have you guys, like, I've got all of those. Have you guys got the Kings and the Charltons and stuff like that, or have you just got, like, a couple? Um, no, and I'm, I don't know how many I've got. I probably, if I'm lucky, I might have one, but I doubt it. Yeah. I, I, like, I see yeah. in shops and stuff, but I don't yeah. buy them. Oh. I would have, I think it's two. It's certainly less than five. I think it's two, um, neither of which are in particularly good condition. It's just not something that I've chased. Yeah. So what did you think of the stories? Is it something that you read it and go, oh, this is interesting, I might collect them now, or is it kind of like a case of, this is why I don't have them? A, a bit of the latter. Um, I'm not a overly huge fan of it, um, but if something pops up and it's at the right price, I'll, I'll probably pick it up. But, I'm, but yeah, it hasn't done anything to, to make me go out and hunt them all down. Yeah, I... I... That last statement of yours there, Stephen, is exactly how I feel. I, I quite I enjoy them, but I'm aware of Bill Gant's art, of course, because of the, particularly the Queen Samaras story, and have never I've never really liked his Phantom, his, his version of the Phantom. Um, and yeah, like like Steve says, there's nothing here that makes me I'm re, I like reading them, and I enjoy the fact that I'm getting the chance to, and and I hope they continue to use them. But certainly, I'm not going to race out and start hunting down the the original comics because of it. And, and that goes as well for the Hermes reprint of them. Um, yeah, it's just not something that I yeah. want to spend all that cash on. No, that, for that money. Mm. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go through um, a very quick, and we're, we're going to, we are promised to keep this quick, so we're going to fly through this bit. Um, the <laughs> list put, your hand, maps, put your yeah. hand up if any listeners out there believe that. <laughs> Okay, now. So, <laughs> so I've got a list of things here that Fru have done this year. And uh, the reason why there might be some doubt in my co-podcasters' voices is that it's quite a sizable list and a surprisingly large list. Um, so I've split it into a couple of categories. We're going to start with things that Fru 
were left with um, as part of the tradition and the heritage of of being the publisher of the Phantom in Australia. So uh, those heritage things um, and go through those and talk about whether the, the fact that they've either continued or improved them or whatever. So I'll just run through and you guys can tell me um, any comments you got as we go. So obviously um, Phantom Comics have always had covers. These guys have got covers. However, we do seem to think uh, to see that there is a wider range of artists, new artists, and, and do you think that the covers are generally better than they have been? That's a bit of a non-question. It is um, leading, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, what I've liked is they've gotten Australian talent. They've gotten um, up-and-coming talent like uh, Jeremy McPherson, um, Jamie Johnson as well. Um, but then they've gotten like established artists from around the world, which just, I think, improves the um, the output, like, you know, especially with ones like Filming, Alex, Serviak, uh, uh, the Girl Phantom cover, uh, Angelo Tadora, you know, all of the, these are all like, they're probably, they're probably not like big, 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 big comic book names, which, Will be interesting to see whether they go down that path, but they're they're big phantom names. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Like Alex is probably Alex, Alex probably, will, probably won't put him in that category. Yeah, he's probably the he's probably the biggest um, uh, comic artist name out of all of them because um, of his work with um, uh, what do you call it? His work with uh, Spider Man. And Spider-Man dailies, as well as some of the other stuff from Marvel and DC. All right, and Stephen, what would your comment on the comments be? Yeah, no, uh, uh, the, t- on the on the covers, yeah, I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. All right, so um, I should have said that we're we're going to be doing a uh, a PMI um, activities we go through. So for those who have uh, not been in school recently, it's a new thing that we do with the kids, isn't it, Stephen? These PMIs. You've I've heard been of around them? for a little while, yeah. Uh, but if you haven't been at school for a little while, you may not have done one um, unless you're in a think meeting or something. Um, it's a, a plus, a minus, or an interesting. So as we go through each of these, um, it's a matter of saying uh, at the end of each topic, is that a plus for through this year? Is that a minus for through this year? Or, or are we going to sit on the fence and or think that it's interesting? So um, I'm thinking we're all, uh, three pluses on the covers. Yeah. It's interesting that they go plus, minus, and interesting. It's still very uh, positive. It's like we're very uh, very soft these days. I'm surprised we're even allowed to use the word minus. Hey, there are there are no stupid answers. There are just stupid people. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> okay, so another pre-existing feature that has continued and perhaps uh, become more regular um, would be the forum pages. Um, Stephen, I'll throw to you. What are your uh, thoughts on the forum pages, how they've evolved this year? Um, it's been a great way for readers to communicate with Dudley, especially those who, who may not use Facebook or, or you know, listen email. to email. Email or anything <laughs> like that. Um, or I reckon they're, they're, they're still on a fax machine. <laughs> I reckon or a still, beeper. <laughs> some of them, I think, have gone to email. <laughs> but um, it, it's great. Like, I do... Uh, read read the forum all the time. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure I've said this on a podcast. So I don't always agree uh, with 
um, what they've said, and neither does Dudley, and he's, he's great at being able to respond to them. Um, I don't like how people uh, claim who, you know, what is a true fan and, and what's not. I think that's stupid. Um, if, if you're a fan of The Phantom, then you are, you're a fan, you're a true fan, whether you're a traditionalist or if you're a modernist, you're a true fan. So get over yourselves. Um, but yes, it's, it's great to see. Um, and you probably don't quite miss it if it's not there, but you do feel it's missing something when um when when they're not there. But um, but that just means you got you've, you've got a, a longer story, which um often is not not too bad a case except for yeah. what the last no not the blue manor but the one before that was a shocker. <laughs> so that's so that's overall a plus for you from you on the forums. Overall, that's a plus. I really like the way Dudley responds um, to, to each and every letter, um, and and responds in a uh, and it's a in a positive way. mindset. Yeah. Even if you're an absolute idiot, he still like thanks you and, and lets <laughs> yeah. you put your opinion across. Well, I, I do think he's been replying to you quite nicely, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to pick fights before they're historians. That's all. <laughs> He's still wrong, but that's, that's totally. Uh, so, um, so has that experience led you to think that uh, they're, they're still a plus or they're a minus, or where are you at? No, it's, it's, defi- it's definitely a plus for me. Um, what I'd uh, like, like we said, there's more of them, and I think Steve Connor alluded to it. Where there's, it's because a lot of the stories are shorter, especially a lot of the yeah. uh, the new Egmont ones. Yeah. Seeing they're only 22 pages, you can stick a 22 page, a page of forum letters, and still a heart of darkness. And for most people, it's like they're actually getting more in a comic rather than yeah. just the one story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a double plus from me because the, um, the forum letters kept the replicas in the annuals. So double uh-huh. thumbs up, boys. Well done. Oh, actually, can't change mine to a minus. <laughs> <laughs> Too yeah. late. We've got it down. <laughs> but, but, but it's been great for like Dudley asked a question and people were. Pl- people respond and yeah. whether you agree with their response or not it's been a, a great communicative tool it's how democracy yeah. works yeah. <laughs> all right so um another thing that was started and this isn't perhaps as traditional fru but it certainly started and is something that the current fru crew have had to deal with and that is the heart of darkness series uh, we've talked about this a lot um, every time there's a, an issue that has the heart of darkness, so I don't want to dwell on it too long. Um, so briefly, boys, a plus or a minus or an interesting, um, and maybe in a sentence, why? Uh, plus for me because it is a good story, uh, even with the negatives which we talked about in the last episode where it's a little bit too spread. Okay. Stephen? Um, yeah, like you, you do have the negativity of it being, well, like we said at the start, you get a whole clump together and then you have periods of time where you don't see it but overall um it's a great story and um you're looking forward to the next one so that's a plus i'll give um, the way um, i'm going to give it an interesting because because of the minus factor you know that like it's great (laughs) that it's a it's great story to have but it, it needs to be spread out better i'd say so yeah, fair enough. Dan? Uh, I'm going to go a minus. Um, I'm, I didn't enjoy Fire of Life as a story. I don't enjoy those uh, type of phantom stories. Uh, so they have a... And I know I sound like Joe now, and I swore I'd never do this, but 
Um, <laughs> um, I just, I don't enjoy. We got rid of Joe for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, it's it's a it's a minus from me. Um, it's it's not worth the the weight between stories and that sort of thing. So maybe a compendium. Uh-huh. I've said this before. Anyway. All right, so the Replica series, again, many, many times Well, minus for me. Let's not even bother asking me. So we'll go put that in the minus straight away. (laughs) Stephen, what do you think? Um, Though I don't read them, we're always hearing comments about people who do. Like even um, Sammy J was a a fan of it. And, you know, people who who, are in an airport or or whatever and they see it and pick it up and go, oh, I haven't read this story in ages. So in some cases, I think it's working. My, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to give it a minus. Um, but whether I give it a full fledged plus, I'll probably just I'll, I'll continue with the interesting. Fair enough. I'm not going to surprise you, and I'm going to give it a plus. Um, and my rationale is that without the replica series, we would have not seen much in the way of fork. And yes, that's the fork. It's in me, whatever. But uh, Without the replica series, we would have seen half as many Lee Fork stories this year. We would have seen 75% fewer Wilson McCoy stories this year. So um, to keep those in the public eye um, and available to new fans, that's my plus. Well, on that, if we didn't have the replica series, would that have um, created room to put in full-fledged Fork stories that aren't Edited like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, look, it's a, that's a, it, it, that's an excellent point, and, and they could uh, have been in color, fully restored. You know, it would have been a <sighs> lot nicer. Maybe I it's did a, like, like a brand new cover. <laughs> uh, I'm sticking with my plus. <laughs> all right, um, those are all very, very good points. You could have and... given a, you could have given fork proper treatment instead of this hacked half-hearted <laughs> treatment. Uh, so if you were a true forkist, you would have you would have given it a minus because they didn't do it true justice. Uh, well, it's it's etched onto stone now, so sadly I'm stuck with my plus. Well, I could move or, it up to the no, it's, it's not digital. We're not looking at the scoreboard as we speak. I'm doing the scoreboard. <laughs> All right, um, the annuals. We had two annuals in the 12-month period. And both of them were themed. So the first, uh, the, the two themes, as I said, was the uh, eight Lee Fork stories in 80 years of Phantom history, and the other one was the girl Phantom. Wasn't the first uh, one also like a gangster-type theme? No, that was the annual before. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so, Jim? For me, I'm going interesting, because the girl Phantom worked. The... One in every decade. I don't know if you could really call that a theme, and it was a bit of a miss for me. Like there was no, like the girl phantom. Like you could definitely tell the theme. There was, um, you can understand the choice of the stories. Where the, even in the eightieth, you could also choose the stories. Um, but the 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 first one they did I understand it was kind of rushed let's just get stories out there because it yeah. was the start of the year and all that but I think it was a bit of a miss so I'm going interesting all right Steve I'm giving it a plus because um well 
the girl phantom is of an obvious class. Um, and when they got the first Enyo out, it shuttered up a whole bunch of naysayers. And um, and yes, um, they had to sit in it for a while and and somewhat rushed, but um, it, it's still, a, 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 I think, from memory, it's still a quality issue. And it's one that, that we weren't going to um, bag them out on because of um, what they'd just come out of. So um, nah, it's a plus for me. Yeah. And everything that you've just said there, Stephen, I'd agree with, um, and it's a plus from me. Uh, it's worth noting that the, that first annual was 1746, the second issue put out by this new Fruit crew, and you'd have to think that a fair bit of the groundwork for that would have been done um, under Steve Shepard's watch, and Dudley, I know, came on under Steve Shepard, so there would have been that continuity there. So they were a bit... Um, <sighs> They, they, they were certainly along a path for bringing that one out, and and they got it done, and and I appreciate that. I think 1774, the girl fandom is far more um, what we should judge them on for their annuals, and the fact that the theme was so clever, the fact that we saw colour in it, um, there was intention for a prose story to go in there as well. Unfortunately, that didn't quite make it, but the the um, heart's in the right place, and I think they're going in the right direction with those. So yeah, big plus from me. So just make mention of that prose stories. Like we saw just a bit of a tangent, which you know we always do on this podcast. Um, <laughs> they left that story out because of the weight. So if they got rid of the replica, they could have put in that prose story plus also like a page introducing the story with a little bit of history, maybe a, a page or two write up on on uh, Julie, on the, you know, the female phantom, and there may be a couple of panels of where she also appeared in other stories as well. So, you know, they should have got rid of the annual. Of the annual? I mean, the replica <laughs> of the annual. The company of the annual. So, so yeah. what you're saying is that because traditionalists are hanging on tight to these uh, replicas, that they'll never get a, 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 like a brand new copy or like an you know, original copy of, it's actually selling... The comic short, but we're, we're missing out yep. on a whole bunch more. Yep, exactly right. You could have squeezed, you know, how many pages is that replica? It's what, 20 pages? At least. You know, you could have, yeah, you could have fit in a prose story, could have fit in, you know, maybe, you know, like I said, yeah, you know, an article or two about the, there was a, um, oh, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a, a blog post written by, a female writer who actually wrote a story about the female phantom. Yeah, and her story was actually in the annual. You're right, yeah, it would have so, been great to have that in there as well because she yeah. was reflecting the process and what it was like to be a female author in the 70s, uh, which was, it was a fascinating story. Yeah, so, you know, if they got rid of the replica, they could have included things like that. Um, might have even been able to include the... Um, Diana versus, uh, what was it? Diana versus the bank robbers, where Diana has an adventure dressed up as the female. Well, don't oversell it. It's a, there was only 20 pages. You can't do everything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And they'll be made of gold leaf because of the savings we've made. <laughs> I'm just, just pointing out the obvious that the replica is holding everyone back. It's holding the annual back. There is. You're making. I don't know that holding it back is the right uh, terminology, but you make a really good point about um, the, the possible use of those twenty odd pages for sure. Of course, I'm still, 
The uh, replicas accompanying the annual are not on the list, and so we cannot discuss them any further. Let's move on. Well, no, they are a um, <laughs> they are a legacy thing, so they should. Oh, you've be already on said interesting for. No, you're right. Yeah, they yeah, no. Be on the list, so yeah. they should be on there. So let's go. Let's add this. Oh, now replicas it's being added to the run sheet. This is annuals. this is very unprofessional. <laughs> so replicas in annuals is that a plus, minus, or an interesting? I'm going it to minus. Oh, there's a shock. Um, <laughs> Stephen. Um, due to this this new discussion, and um, it, it's definitely not a plus. Um, I'll, but I'll, I won't go all the way to minus. I'll go to interesting. Sitting on the fence, Steve. Yeah. <sighs> no, look, and I'm going to take away the negativity that you're trying to apply there, German. Say that um, interesting isn't sitting on the fence. Interesting is. There's a lot to think about, and I haven't made my mind up yet. Um, and so sitting I, on the fence. <laughs> so it's very interesting what you've said. Don't, yeah. Um, I'm actually, you have given me something to think about just now. I'm going to go interesting as well. Oh, I've changed someone's mind. Mate, my work here is done. <laughs> All right. Well, if you hang up, then uh, Stephen and I will finish this off. <laughs> Uh, all right, so a thing that Fru have been doing for at least 20 years, uh, I think there was, there may not have been a 50-year special, but there certainly has no, there been. there was. There was? 50 years uh, for Fru. Yeah, okay, but not 50, 50 years for the Fru, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, the anniversary specials, 50, 60, 70, 75, 80 years, we've had the, our 80th anniversary special this year. Can we just go ahead and give that a plus times three? Yep. Yeah. Keep yep. that conversation short. Yep, good. All right. Um, another legacy issue that Fru have had or, or something that they've continued, um, I think it was probably under Steve Shepard, they started the um, the poster set. So poster yep. set one was the three uh, replicas of the, the front covers of uh, some of the single-digit Fru comics. Uh, set two was uh, some artwork from back covers predominantly um, of... Um, probably 90s or early 2000 fruits. Uh, poster set three came out this year, and those were the three that included the, the Felmang Ship in the Desert cover, uh, Paul Ryan, Phantom Bursting Through the Door, which was also the centrefold of the Paul Ryan tribute issue, um, as well as the Antonio and the Todoro uh, works. So poster set three, plus minus interesting, boys. Plus. Plus from me as well. Actually, interesting is, just a few little interesting tidbits about that, is that that Angelo Todoro one we have not seen yet. Like, we haven't seen it in um, in a free, on a free cover or anything like that. The okay. others we have, the Paul Ryan one was a Egmont cover. So that was just something interesting. Okay. And then also the first set were, the first and second set were actually bigger than this third set and they were on better paper quality as well. Oh, they can't have been much bigger. I got the, I've got all three sets, and I didn't notice. The I'm size. pretty, sh- no, I'm pretty sure they were bigger. I might be wrong, but from memory, they were bigger. I don't know about that, but you, you, you may well be right about the paper quality. All right. Um, any other comments on the posters? No. Nope. All right. All right. Um, then the last thing I've got in terms of uh, going forward was the 
uh, subscriptions. So people can continue to get subscriptions. But the big differences, I suppose, this year, uh, the biggest single difference has been the envelopes that the through crew have changed to use. They're no longer using the Australia Post um, pre-supplied. They, they've uh, got a clearly a cheaper envelope, but uh, in my mind, actually a better quality envelope. Uh, on the other hand, the red phantom profile, Cyberry profile postmark that we used to see on every envelope, I think, has disappeared when the yellow envelopes came in. Um, so, boys, plus minus, well, actually, Jim, probably you're the only one uh, real, uh, feel free to go in, Steve, about subscriptions. But anyway, uh, go to you first, Germ. Uh, I think it's a plus in plus in, in the sense that your comic is more secure. Um, probably the downfall is you probably pay more on a subscription because the cost of getting a comic sent to you will be more. But overall, it's definitely a plus because... There weren't many stories, but there was the occasional story of some stupid postie yeah. folding a comic or leaving it out in the rain or, you know, something stupid like that. So it's definitely uh, a plus. Yep. Um, even though I don't have a subscription, I'd say it's a, a plus as well, especially with the um, the new edition of the, of the file card series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely, and we'll cover the file cards soon. But you're right; that is an addition they've made to a subscription package. Yeah, um, that certainly plus makes it more appealing. Down. Yeah, plus for me as well. Also, I do miss the I do miss the uh, Phantom stamp. If uh, Dudley or whoever's in the office happens to hear this and they can dig that stamp out, love to see them still using that. But that's I also a very get minor. quite jealous when people post on Facebook that they've got their comic you know, two or three days before, like you know, before they're going to appear in the shop. So yeah. Well, if I was going to have a minus about the subscription, that would be my only gripe as a subscriber is that um, I guess there, there must be different mail-outs because there are certain people who post very, you know, on the Tuesday of, of each week or the Monday um, that they've received theirs, and I often... It's just us, we're special where you're not, that's all it is, mate. Oh, so you're also on that first mail-out list or something. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, there, the there special does seem people to be a... go, go first and just the... The, the Klingons, the you got to keep the grumpy ones happy, you see. The squeaky wheel gets spoiled, so get the squeaky wheel and the story through. No, what it is, it's got to do with the signature series where... Um, yeah, no, it's... look, I fully appreciate that because um, I do get the signature series and the other people who seem to mention it also are signature series recipients. Um, but even that, there does seem to be the odd gremlin in the mailing system that... Um, causes delays and that sort of thing. So um, it's almost certainly out of um, Glenn and Renee's and Dudley's hands, and I'm certainly not pointing fingers at anybody, but... Uh, well, we did sack the head of Australia Post, so maybe it's a good start. Well, that could be the start we need, yeah, for sure. All right, so those are things that, uh, have, uh, no, that you know, as I said, legacy items that uh, Fru have had to deal with. The new Fru crew, though, have done a lot in terms of innovations, um, that they brought in across the, the 12 months. Now, um, there's a big list of these, the first of which is the colour stories we've already discussed, but a plus-minus interesting uh, gents. I have a feeling I know where this is going. Stephen? Plus. It's a plus. Um, no, we've gone over the negatives. Still a plus. Yep, and a plus for me too. Uh, I think that's that's something we can keep short and sweet. Uh, the Signature Series, we've just mentioned it there. Um, so of the three of us, I'm a subscriber to the Signature Series. Uh, 
Stephen, I know you, well, you said you were going to get the Saviour one. Did you go through with that? It hasn't appeared on the website. Oh, okay. Otherwise, otherwise I'd be, yeah, knocking the door. Well, over it like a dog's dinner. Yeah. But um, as soon as, okay. yeah, as, soon as it comes up, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting it. Still yeah, on it. And, yeah, and I have my copy of it hasn't arrived yet, so perhaps um, Alex has still um, got him on the in tray of his desk. Yeah. Um, so is it a plus for you, Steve? Yeah, plus. Oh, is it a and plus Jermaine, for you? Jermaine, how many signature series have you purchased? Um, I'm not a subscriber, as you've kind of indicated. I Well, I was already collecting comics signed by creators, so... I'm probably more on the fence compared to everyone else because for me it was almost making my job easier, which almost makes the signatures that I collected not worth as much because they're easier to get. So from a collector's point of view, from my point of from that point of view, it's probably a negative. But overall, it's definitely a plus because it's um, it's forced through to get new uh, cover artists because if if they didn't have a signature series, in a sense they could have just stuck with Glenn Ford and a, you know a handful of others, but then it wouldn't have then they wouldn't have sold as many signature series because you know yeah. you, you, don't, you don't want twenty comic signed comics in the same year from the same artist. So it's been positive in that sense that it's. Um, so I will put it down. Yeah. So the flow-on effect is that um, is that you know they're they're having to get new artists, which one creates a bigger awareness from because you're getting other people outside interested. Uh, it is increasing a collector's mark because there is a collector's niche for signed comics, um, and you know they've packaged it nice with a bag with the little fruits signature and the certificate of authenticity and stuff so it's definitely doing that um it's also um uh it's also forcing a lot of people to buy an extra comic than what they would have normally so through sales will go up as well so you know there's another positive yeah yeah and i'm clearly i've voted with my feet and my wallet to say that i think it's a plus Mm. uh for, for all the reasons that you've you've said other than to say that Probably they would have planned to have all of these artists, and I do remember um, the podcast, and I, this would have been before I was involved. But you guys discussing it and saying exactly what you said there about you know, multiple copies of Jerry McPherson and um, Glenn Ford signed copies. Um, they must have had plans afoot to make sure that uh, that wasn't going to be a problem, and they could deliver on a quality signature series. Yeah. All right. So a plus from me there. Kiwi covers is the third item. Um, Jermaine, we'll start with you. Minus. Um, you subscribed to the Kiwi covers, didn't you? Yes, I did. I was excited with it. I thought it would be a good idea, but the um, the the production, so like the actual out the outcome, the way they the way they coloured the 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 Phantom into whatever colour it was was done very poorly, in my opinion. Um, like they, if you look closely on almost every cover, um, the Phantom had purple splotches throughout his thing, whether it was his arm guards, um, you know, like the little arm sleeve type of yep. things that you get like on a jumper. 
um, the belt, you know, it was all done properly, and then the belt would still have purple in it, or you know, something like that. It was, um, it was an interesting concept, especially to try and draw in Kiwi readers because obviously they were looking at it a way to increase their New Zealand readership, which is a good idea. Um, I don't know whether the where the majority of New Zealand um, readers would actually know about the colour. So I like the idea to try and target them, but I don't know whether the colour was actually kind of working. I talked to a, um, a couple of big-time Kiwi collectors, and they didn't even know that there was a, a variant cover out. Right. Um, and it, it was a very small people I you know it was only two of them um but you know these are ones that have got like the whole New Zealand through you know collection or very close to it and they you know they still get them from the news agent and stuff like that they didn't even know that, you know there was different colors of the color yeah well if you weren't already I don't know what the advertising was like in New Zealand or if there was any but if mm. if, you, if you weren't uh, already a fandom collector um and probably following it about as closely as we do um, you may not have even known about the Kiwi covers. So there was a couple of messages from the publishers, but I think that might have been a bit. Yeah. But I must say, it was a definite positive that Fru realised that it wasn't working and they canned the idea. Like, I think that's yeah. a, a positive in in that sense. And not everything's going to work out. No. So it finished uh, with the current issue, is that right? Or, or, or... Uh, I think next issue. Next one. Next yes. one's still in, um, in the burn. Okay. All right, so that must be just about the end of the series, though. Um, Stephen, the Kiwi covers? Um, well, I'll just reiterate what, what Jam said. Um, it was a good idea. It didn't pay off, but they've been able to yep. see that. Um, been able to see that, and they're not going to try and run it into the ground. It's just right, cut the ties with it. Mm. So I think the way it's been handled was a plus, and but it, it didn't work. So where would you put that? Interesting, I suppose. Minus. Stop sitting on the fence, Steve. Okay, well, we'll, we'll put the um, we'll, right, we'll put it in a minus because it didn't work. But the way, <laughs> but the way it was handled, I think, was a plus. Yes, I agree. Look, some of the some of the pluses have got minus components, but uh, have maintained their plus. So um, I'll go a minus on the Kiwi. I think that's evident by the fact that they have stopped. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I never, I never even occurred to me that I might want to get one. I, accident, I accidentally got one because they used the Kiwi covers for one of the signature series. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't have one and uh, no interest in them. All yeah, right, I'm the next thing that they might just, you know, a couple of them filter into the news agents, and I just haven't come across one. Yeah, to actually get on the website and order one. Uh, maybe when the signature series comes out for the Savioc, I might put that one on the order. That, yeah, that'd be, that'd be about it. Okay, uh, next to cab off the rank is the folios. So the uh, those are the A2 size um, folios of five pieces of artwork. Uh, we've had folio one and folio two so far. Hasn't been any word on folio three after the first two came out pretty quickly after each other. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've got a sneaky fear. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see a folio three. I don't know. Maybe I'm just speculating there, but there's been no word of it uh, recently. Um, the first one was obviously the variant, the Aussie variant covers for the Hermes Press stories that Renee White had organised through Phantom's No, 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 the first one was the Jam cover. 
Oh, you know, you're absolutely right. The second one was the Hermes. Um, the first one was the, uh, the jam cover. Yep. So, plus, minus, or interesting on those, Stephen? Uh, plus. I like the artwork. Plus. Very good. Jam? Uh, like the first one because I like the concept of the jam cover. Did yep. not like the second one, and I still have not brought the second one. So, based on that, I'm going interesting because um, I can understand why they went with the first one uh, because, you know, it was a big supernova push and, you know, you want to get, you know, lots of stuff out for supernova for people to spend lots of money to pay for your booth and all that type of stuff. I think the whole Herms covers, I think, is a big minus because fruit is not Herms um, and I understand you know, the, the connection, but it was, yeah, it, um, that was a negative for me and probably have not brought it on principle for that because I don't think it should have been done in my opinion. So I'm going as interesting. And I think you may be right that we haven't heard three, so maybe we're not getting, um, folio three. It's certainly, certainly not high on the radar at the moment. And when we talk about some of the other stuff, there's obvious reasons why, um, I'm, I did purchase both of them and um, have said before and maintained that a couple of the Hermes uh, one uh, images I do quite like, but I'm still just going to call it an interesting at this stage because um, uh, probably I'd be, I'd be more interested and it might be in the plus if I knew that you know, there were plans for the continued mm. sequence. Yeah, let, me right. get, let, me, let me just say I, it's not that I don't like the images, I just didn't like the fact that they borrowed. History. Yeah, I like the history for process for number two. So I like yeah. the images. So everyone who did an image, it's not your artwork that I don't like. <laughs> See, I'm basically Very good. Uh, just on the images because, um, well, I've just gone to the website to, to refresh my memory. And, yeah, once I look at the images, I just said, yep, plus. Yeah. You, have you brought one? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I might just uh, shuffle this around because we've just mentioned it, but um, the fact that Fru went to Supernova, um, first time they've done that in many years, only the second time ever is my understanding. So the fact um, that Fru no, went to Supernova... No, they've done it more. They've done it more than that, but I think it hasn't been since, like, the late 90s or mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking nearly 20 years since Fru have been Supernova, and Supernova would have changed dramatically in that time. Yeah, I think, um, it, was called, I think it was OzCon back then. Yes, yes, you, I think that's right. So, um, plus, minus, interesting, Jermaine. Uh, plus, however, they need to go, they need to broaden the horizons and not just go to Sydney, which is more convenient, but I think they need to... Um, uh, they need to, they, well, I do. I think they need to go to Melbourne. They need to go to um, the Brisbane as well, and maybe even Adelaide. Like Perth, I can understand is probably a little bit further, but um, the others, you know, it's, you know, Brisbane or slash Gold Coast or Melbourne are fairly close, and there's a lot of fans out there that I think would be beneficial if they went there, and it would, it would. Um, uh, increase their exposure as well. So did you say a plus? Plus for me, definitely a plus. And and it's worth noting that um, 
you were the only one of the three of us who got to the Sydney Supernova and actually saw the stalls. So. Yeah, and you know there was there was people there, you know people that have um that have that knew about it because of the fan comic and people that knew about it because of uh, the Chronicle Chamber website, um, and you know it was a great meeting point because there you know it's a, a, a convention's always better to go to when there's something you want to see. Like the last couple of years, we've had people like Terry Beatty, Paul Ryan, Alex Silviak. So, you know, we've we've always congregated towards them because, you know, they're fandom-related people. This year there wasn't one, but there was the Fru, you know, the Fru booth. Yep. And there was lots of people there. They were selling back issues. They were selling, you know, um, mugs, selling, you know, all sorts of stuff, posters. The You know, those Supernova comics were flying off, you know, the shelves. I think everyone got, like, ten yeah. Um, because you could get them signed by all five artists as well. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was there was a real buzz there, and people, you know. And then there was people that um, that aren't regular buyers. They're going, oh, the Phantom, you know. Oh, I used to read this as a kid. Oh, my dad used to read that. Oh, I want to buy one for my dad, and yeah. you know. And that's the type of excitement they could get in around the rest of Australia. And I understand Australia is a big place, but. You know, they need, you know, not everyone goes to Sydney because, let's face it, Sydney is a hole. <laughs> and on that, Melbourne, uh, what's the perspective from down there, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> definitely a plus. And, yes, come down to Melbourne. Um, we'll, we'll definitely have you with open arms. Um, having said that, my wife even brought it up today. So, so when are you guys meeting up for the when, – when does that phantom get together up in Sydney? So, um Looks like I'm in, I might be in for a winner on that one. I might be able to make Excellent. it. <laughs> Excellent. Should uh, buy tickets while you while you're yeah. still, <laughs> still positive. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I'm and I'm going to go a plus as well. Um, for all the reasons that have been said, I would love to see them come to Brisbane and uh, or, or the Gold Coast or both, um, and just extend the love. All right. Um, the the jam cover we've mentioned that, but it is a new and innovative thing. It's the first time we've ever seen five separate artists and five separate themes on a single uh, through issue. It's also one of the very few, and I'm, I'm excluding the Kiwi covers here, of course, but um, variant covers that we've ever seen from through because it was packaged on the side of um, an issue that was regular uh, that was issued uh, regularly, which was obviously um, uh, Blackfire, um, seventeen fifty five. So, uh, Supernova Jam cover. Stephen, what did you think? Plus. Excellent. I would love when I open up my envelope um, that Jermaine sent me with the signatures on it. It was excellent. Yeah, plus for me. It's, again, it was just the fact that, you know, you get all the signatures, but also, you know, um, going around, getting the signatures off every one of them, uh, you know, talking to each of the five different artists, you know, you, you, you have that, you, you know, you, you, you generate that contact with an actual artist. And this is where a lot of other people have, you know, have that connection. And Australian fans haven't really had it in the past. And it was great. Yep. And um, aside from the signatures, just the, the montage that was there, um, the, the fact that we had so many variety of artists uh, from, mm. from your McPhersons and your Johnsons who are the next generation 
um, Antonio Lemos and Glenn Ford um, and Chalinor, I think, was the other one. So Chalinor was uh, newer, but Ford and, and Lemos, uh, obviously. Chalinor did guard. the original and Chewy was the fifth. Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. So so there you go. Just the, the variety of artists that we saw there all thrown together. Um, whether you got a signed copy or not, I think you would enjoy. And, and lots of people had said that they'd love to see that as a poster and I'd, um, I'd join in that. So definitely a plus from me. Um, so moving on, the a new innovation again was the concept of Phantom's World. We've seen Phantom's World 1, 2, and 3 for a total of um, two total stories. Um, all Felmangs, if I'm, if I'm right. Oh, Todoro as well. Um, so the concept there of Phantom's World is that uh, we're getting stories that are not Egmont, that have not been published by Fru before, and um, so far we're travelling around the world in terms of uh, the source material. So Italy, we've we've spent a lot of time in so far. Hmm. I have to, I have to be a little bit negative with this and put it as an interesting for me because. I must oh, sitting on the fence. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sitting on the fence for this one. Um, no, it's not a fence. <laughs> um, I'm sitting on the fence for this one because I would have thought that the Lou Manor would have been a part of the fan as well because the way I see it is, which is the way you described it, is where it's stories that haven't been published by Egmont or by Fru from around the world where... So you would think that a Lou Manor story would fit into there. Um, but it's not, and it's almost like the fans' world is just a... It's just like the Sparta stories or, or something like that. So I love the concept, but I think the... Uh, I think it feels like, and this is just from my opinion, that Fru's almost a little bit confused exactly what fits into a fans' world issue yeah. and what doesn't. Yeah, so if the if the Lou Manor story um, had been labelled Phantom's World 4, you'd be a lot more comfortable with the concept. I'll be a lot more comfortable because it will be, you know, it, the Phantom's World w- concept would be a lot clearer as a fan of what to expect in the Phantom's yeah. World. So interesting for you. Stephen, yeah. what did you think? Um. Uh, I'm trying to get them up on the website. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on them. Um, in that, oh, I'm just trying to find issues so I can look at it so it's there for me to talk to. Well, while you're doing that, I'll yeah. jump in, and I'm not going to call it a minus because uh, it's something new and it's different, and it's a new story that we haven't read before, so I can't call it a minus. No. Um, but for the same reasons as what Jermaine said there, I'm going to just call it an interesting. Um, it, it's not something that is going to – well, I collect all of the regular numbers anyway, um, so of course I'm still buying it, but um, it's I'm not more eager to read that than another story because it's labelled Phantom's World. So um, it, it's a good idea to be doing it. Um, there's no it's, – it's not a – you know, there's no not enough benefit to come from it to call it a plus for me, so an interesting. Yeah. I, I'm in the, the same boat. I'm glad I'm reading stories that – I haven't read before, and that's always a plus. Um, however, the stories, you know, I, I don't remember what they're about. I'm looking at them, I can't remember really what they're about. Um, so mm. they turned me on. And yeah. not all the artwork has turned me on. So, 
No. Well, they haven't necessarily been good quality um, mm. stories we haven't read before. And that was um, in the was it the 80th? I think we we, we discussed yes. that as well. Um, Which was almost a quasi Phantom's world in itself. It, it, yeah, it was. It was, a, it was really an advert for Phantom's world. Which it, not a bad thing. It, I'm a, yeah, I'm going on on the interesting man because it's definitely not a minus. Anytime you get new stories, mm. it's got to be a plus. However, they're, they're not setting the world on fire. And um, can we get a different cover artist? Is it Felming that's done all three? Is that right? He's done two of the three. Done two of the three. Yeah. So, um, so would have you? Yeah. Would have you been a little bit more comfortable if, if Lou Manners was part of Phantom's World as well? I think Lou Manners fits into the Phantom's World because, like you said, it's um, ones that haven't been produced by through or um, Egmont, you were saying, um, and that falls in that category. Just because it's, I'm guessing he's from the states, is it? Yeah. So for so those we will the states, yeah. it, it shouldn't, um, it, it shouldn't. What's the word? Um, cancel him out of being in Phantom's World. As as much as people like to to rib on the United States, it's still part of the world. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be just. <laughs> it doesn't just have to be European stories or or South American or African stories that that are part of Phantom's World. You know? Yeah. All right. Okay. I must I admit, I'm I'm very surprised that we all agreed that we all put it in the interesting column in the interesting column. Yeah, probably when I did the run sheet up, I thought that might get more pluses, but there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, quick game's a good game. The Fru Crew, the Fru Crew badge, which is a uh, a small five cent coin type sized um, hat pin typed badge that um, that is. The representation of the Fru's logo. It says Fru Crew on it, and that has been a prize that uh, has been given out to um, what the best forum letter of the week. Yeah, um, like, all like when people help or when people get desperate, like you, and they feel <laughs> sorry for you. So, uh, Stephen, you haven't to waste skin cap. Stephen, you haven't got yours yet, so you're going to have to be a little bit more desperate, like Dan. Well, I'm going to put it into a minus. So this is this is your chance. <laughs> this is your chance, Stephen, to, uh, to to be desperate. You've got a national, no, a worldwide audience here, so you can show us your desperation. My desperate. I'm putting out ideas every podcast, and I keep saying that's a that's a frou frou one. Maybe I've got to write these ideas down and send them in. So I'm well, the, get a the difference is. Yeah. Both, both Jim and I did have received frou frou badges, and both of those are of the result of letters that have been sent in. So, yes, I followed mine up with a Facebook comment, but uh, it was still about the idea. So this, uh, I'm being besmirched, and my reputation is suffering, and I won't have it. Um, it was it was well-earned, just as earned as, as you with your little fight with the historian. Actually, no, mine wasn't about the fight with the historian, which I was right and he was wrong. <laughs> um, mine was because I was actually helping through out because there was a certain... Uh, political party that likes green hemp that was using yes. the phantom illegally as part of their political campaign in the Western Australian. So I hunted down the advert so they can show them and 
you know, give them a please explain. So that's what mine was about. And yours, let's be honest, was not about your letters. Yours was a complaint on Facebook. How come I haven't got a... How can you ever give me a free no, for it was, it was, and they it was said, a continuation of the Christmas cover idea. So when we get a Christmas cover on the Christmas special, that will be um, my free for badge in action. Oh, so you get yours in advance. Yep. Yep. Happy with that. <laughs> well, All right, it's going so, positive for me. Yeah. Me too. It encourages it's, – it's something unique. It's something different. Um, and it encourages people to write in with ideas and uh, exactly. what's wrong with that. Exactly. Yep. Stephen? Um, I like the idea. However, I don't have one. <laughs> give me a free crew match. <laughs> <laughs> what's your address, Steve? Say your, say your address so that way Dan, that way Dudley can get his pen ready, press pause, go get his pen, and you can write down your address. <laughs> it's a positive. Well, <laughs> All right. Um, it, it, I guess uh, the next thing is the oh, file the cards. That... Give me the program. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're showing desperation. <laughs> That's what you wanted, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, I've done the knee, I've done the skin on my knees. They're down to the bone. I'm groveling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely think your payment plan idea is a good one. Yeah, um, so do I. And... I think that's got legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All over it. Send him an email before you upload this podcast, and that way you'll get in first. Oh, I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just right. you want for the next five minutes. While <laughs> okay, so what we want to discuss is the file cards, um, which I haven't actually received yet um, because in my subscription, the, those the, the issues with the file cards haven't arrived. Um, I'm not worried because Fru has been excellent with communication in the past and it's on me that I haven't bothered to communicate with them yet. So that is in no way a criticism of Fru, uh, just saying that I haven't seen them. Um, but Jermaine, I think you would have received your first batch of Yeah, podcast. I've received two. Um, I must admit, I want to put them in the interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I like, again, I like the concept. Um because it generates interest, it generates increase of subscribers, which means Fru gets more money because they're not having to pay distributors and news agents. Um, but so far, they're a little bit underwhelming. Um, okay. The information on the back isn't very exciting, and it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a little bit underwhelming. So for me, unfortunately... Putting it as an interesting, but in saying that, I am still going to subscribe so I can get them. Right, right. Um, Stephen, are you emailing or are you here? <laughs> Dear Dudley at Crew Publications. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were we up to? The other oh, file cards. Um, interesting because did you say that you weren't overly fussed about the art? Was that right, Jim? Yeah, just like the information on the back's a little bit blurt. And um, like I was expecting, like, you know, this is this story. It's, it's you know, done by such and such, such and such. It's, um, uh, you know, this this is the first time it's ever appeared in a fruit comic. This, this is the years. You know, I was, I was expecting useful information, but it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just a bit 
I'll put an interesting too because um, like it's a good hook to get the um, uh, to get more subscriptions. I reckon it's a great idea, but it, it's it's still growing. Like it still needs to have you know mm. the crew have been great in listening to to their audience, and if they take those things on board, you know that that could really help grow the grow the series. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say interesting. And sight unseen, I'm going to say it's a plus because I think it's a, a gift horse that um, people shouldn't look in the mouth, is in a sense, to be blunt. Um, I, I completely appreciate what you're saying, and I certainly had hoped or, or you know, it'd be great to, to have on the back, this is the first time this old jungle saying, for instance, ever ever popped up in a proof comic or mm. uh, those sorts of things. Those sorts of statistics, like it's a football card on the back, would make it a, a, a much better historical resource. The, the amount of work involved in trying to compile all of that information, though, perhaps precluded it from getting on the back, and um, you can only do so much. But uh, the concept of having, you know, pages and pages of these cards in a folder, nine at a glance, um, to be able to look at and um, scan through and, and identify comics you have got and you haven't gotten those sorts of things, I think there's a, it's, it can only be a plus for the price, which is free when you're subscribing anyway in my situation. Okay, um, now the next two things kind of come together um, and those are the downloads or the, the PDFs that uh, Fru have started putting, uh, making available on their website. Um, uh, we had, it's only a recent thing that's only happened in the last six weeks or, or so. Um, the first was the poster that they made available of all of the 2016, not all of, no replicas, but the 2016 uh, covers in a, in a single Glance, and you can print that off up to A2 size, I think they said, with no lack of quality, um, and also the um, the correct contents page for the Girl Annual Special was also is now also available as a download PDF from the Fru website. So, um, what was that last one you just let's, said? Let's talk. Sorry, you said the Girl Fan is available as a PDF. Just no, the contents the, page. The contents page. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the contents page that is that got um, <laughs> published is incorrect and does include the prose story that didn't make it. Um, if you want the correct contents page, you can download that from from through. Uh, so let's let's talk about the the covers poster first. Um, plus, or minus. I think let's just do the whole thing as a plus okay. or minus. Downloads downloads as a as a concept. Plus minus are interesting. Plus, I'm gonna have to go interesting. I see the positive of it, but I don't really see the benefits of it. If they're going to continue, I like the concept. Again, I like the concept of providing things for the listeners and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to have to be an interesting for me. You said plus, though, Stephen? I said plus because, um, one, it's a new thing, and that's always good. Like, it shows innovation. Two, um, sometimes it's... Um, Bringing a positive out of negative, so the um the contents page that realised they stuffed up, let's fix it by offering the download. They weren't able to to make that poster available. We'll make we'll make it as as a um PDF. Um, so I I, I think it's a plus. It it, it gives them an opportunity to to do more things. So for me, it's a plus. And yep, and I'm going to say a plus as well. Um. I'm going to start sending like a cheapskate, but again, it's free. 
you know, it, yeah. uh, it hasn't cost us anything. Um, if it's 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 extra free phantom stuff that we can just have and download, and it can cost you to go and print it out. But uh, you know, that's a that's a free poster I can put on my wall. So have you printed um, yours out of school yet? Yeah, I've got an A3 version, which is the biggest printing I can do um, for my department, and my school pays for it. Um, but it's a it's a poster in my classroom, so uh, I enjoy that. Okay, uh, the bags and boards. This is, again, another very recent development from Fru. They've started selling their own bags and boards for collectors who want to store their comics in um, probably the safest way possible. Um, Stephen, your thoughts? Um, it's a good thing to have. It's really just another um, avenue for them to, to make a bit of money other than just the, um, the, the comic. Um, their bags and boards, people need them to to keep their comics um, in good condition. Um, unfortunately, I'm not in the market to, to get one at the moment, but when I when I am, I'll, I'll order some from through, just to say I've got through bag and boards. That's so, interesting, I'm thinking, is what you No, I'll give it a plus. Give it a, you know, give it a shout out for trying to... Good to, man. Um, yeah. All right, Stephen. Uh, sorry, Jim. Well, now it sounds like I'm the man sitting on the fence. I want to go interesting. You've been interesting quite a lot <laughs> yeah, lately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to think of something I could say positive, just so I'm not... Uh... <laughs> um, but I like... I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on the idea yet. Now, I'm going to buy one or, you know, or, or whatever, just so I can actually have a proper... Um, yeah. uh, get a proper opinion when I'm actually looking at one in my hands. But at the moment, I'm not sold on it, so it's definitely an interesting for me. Yeah, and interesting for me. I've got no intention of um, buying one myself. Uh, it's nice that they've got it. it. It's neither a plus or a minus for me, so that's where my interest comes from. Um, the a new thing that we had this year was a competition that came from through. This was in the form of the colouring competition uh, in the 80th annual special, oh, sorry, in the 80th anniversary special, um, which was uh, the image of Shane Foley uh, supplied. Um, fans got to colour it in, and they won the cover art uh, from that issue. So a colouring competition, gentlemen. Uh, Jermaine, Stephen? Plus for me. Yep. Yep, plus. Just yep, and a plus the, for um, me too. Just waiting for the comic book okay. to come out. Oh, the colouring in book. Oh, well, I, say yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just got distracted by something. Just give us a second. No, you're right. Um, no, it's a, it's a plus from me as well. Uh, <laughs> it's a shame more people don't enter these things um, without knowing exactly how many entries they got. Uh, yeah. Phantom fans are a bit lazy when it comes to competitions um, because the comp- not all, but a few of the competitions that we've had on uh, Chronicle Chamber and yes. a few other competitions that some other people have entered as well or off record have commented that they're a little bit surprised by the lack of um, entries so um, I'm not sure if that's because of the age demographic like you know or or if it's just that we're lazy yeah yeah no um, and maybe I'd be different if there had been a page um, 
a colour page would have been fantastic at the back of a, of a comic saying, here's the best 10 entries that we got. You know, yeah, that would be nice. And those sorts of things would have been, would have been nice to see. And if they um, had, like, sections, so, like, for instance, you know, 0 to 5, you yeah. know, 5 to 10, <laughs> or Speaking whatever. Speaking as the owner of a 0 to 5-year-old? Well, I'm just thinking because obviously my two-year-old uh, colouring in is not going to be as good as someone like a guy Passant who actually oh. has coloured for um, for co- you know for covers and stuff like that, and you know does a very good job of it. Um, yes. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just I don't know, just just. Well, if we thought. if we talk about and we are going to talk about um, bringing in new readers. Um, tapping the kids on the shoulder and saying, here's your opportunity to have a bit of fun and, and maybe win something cool for dad. Um, yeah. Still a prize for me. Let's not get this, <laughs> let's not get that wrong. But um, yeah, something where there's a kid's section, for instance. Definitely. I'm All right. Sorry, um, sorry about that, fellas. I heard, my, heard a car door go behind me and I thought, oh, oh dear, we're being broken into. But no, nah, Andrew was actually still up and looking for something. So oh, all good. Okay. No are, you, are you? Do you still record in the um, garage? Yep, in the garage. <laughs> that's classic. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. So the last thing we have in terms of a brand new thing that we've seen over the last twelve months, and and I may have missed something, but I think I've been, we've tried to be pretty extensive here. Uh, so the last thing in terms of new in the last twelve months for Fru is a formal association with some other companies, and by that I'm referring to. Malon Diary that is now available on the free website and uh, you can purchase cheaper if you purchase it at the time of your subscription and also the fanfare um, collaboration there with and, and particularly the jigsaw puzzles which are also available on Fru's website and I guess we have to include um, the Phantom's Fault there with the yeah. folios, yeah. Mm. So those associations with other companies, I'll be interested in your thoughts there given some of what's already been said. Uh, Stephen, let's start with you. Um, I think it's a good thing to be associated with other companies. It just, um, and uh, I think I've been on record on the podcast, um, just to have some clarity to um, just, I don't know enough about conflict of interest laws and that type of stuff or having a monopoly on things, but um, it really does seem that not only do they have um, through, which which is good, but they also seem to be the main supplier of other Phantom-related uh, merchandise. Uh, yeah, so just to explain for those who came in late, um, through, as we said right at the start, is now owned by Glenn Ford and Renee White. Phantom's Vault, which we've referred to, is owned by Renee White, and Fanfare is owned by Glenn Ford. Malon, I don't think either of them have got anything to do, but now, just to clarify that. Having said that, Fanfare, like Glenn is creating stuff. And so that's, yes. that's an, I'm, I'm putting that in a totally, totally different kettle of fish than Phantom's Vault. And yeah, Glenn's stuff is, is great and he now owns through. So yeah, put, you know, put an ad in there, um, for your stuff and, and use it as prizes and things like that. And, um, I, I think my issue when we talked about this, um, a while ago was, um, making sure that companies are paying for advertisement, like, um, that we're not going to ask um, through to open their books or anything like that, but I hope that if there's a, a third party who comes in to advertise their their wares, that they're being charged 
you know, X amount, just be, just because, um, you know, you own the company, but your other company wants to advertise something there. Granted, you might get mates' rates, but I'd, I'd like to see that there's some benefit there for um, for each company. It's not just a um, a freebie. Just make it fair on on other comp on other people who who put that merchandise. I guess is what I'm saying. But yeah, yep. I don't know. So I still, think, I still think it's a positive. Like absolutely, the more the more we can get fandom out there, the better. But um. The, the sheer fact that the only way you can get a lot of Phantom stuff is through Phantom's Vault rather than your local comic shop. Um, to me, that's a negative, but um, it's not enough of a negative to, to get it out of the, the, the plus. And, okay. And, well, I'll keep going on my rant here. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of people have been saying that um, you know, we're living in a golden age of, of the Phantom. And I've said this a couple of times before, but I disagree with that. Until we see Phantom side by side with the DC and the Marvel stuff in the shops, and whether it's department stores like like Kmart or Target or whatever, or if it's in those gift shops, then we're not like they were back in the 90s. Um, then we're we're not in the golden age. We're we're in a age where if you're already a fan of the Phantom, so and you read the comic book or whatever. And you're aware of the online presence, you know where to find it. But if you're just regular Joe Blow and you've gone to a gift shop and you see, you know, Superman and Doctor Who and Batman and whatever, and you think, oh yeah, I'll pick that stuff up, you, you don't give a second thought to the Phantom because he's not there. So um, why would you? So um, yes, it's good they've got these associations, but don't allow it to hold the Phantom back. If Phantom's vault is going to import this stuff. Then please get it out into be the supplier to to the gift shops as well, um, so so more people can can get onto it rather than just um, the online stuff. Very interesting, um, Stephen. Uh, sorry, I've done it again, Jermaine. <laughs> um, I'm going the interesting, um, mainly based on the whole folio thing. Um, yeah, and that was, I think that's what started it, the big conversation I'll, back then. Yeah, I'm probably probably not as negative as Steve in the sense of like, of the whole thing. And, you know, maybe that's to do with the fact that, you know, I have helped them build the websites and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, you know whether you may call it bias or not. But <laughs> I think, in my opinion, the main concept is the fact that Herms is a different publisher and then... You know, and then um, you know they use their covers for free. So for me, that's the bit that's interesting, and not exactly. Um, I don't know. It just to me, it just smells a bit funny. Mm. Yeah, and I think I'm going to land in the interesting pile as well. And that's again without casting any aspersions, because for the most part, I think we maybe Jermaine accepted. We don't really know what we're talking about in a sense here with these guys. <laughs> Um, just the, uh, the those words like monopoly and conflict of interest and those sorts of things. You'd like to see that um, there's lots of avenues for new phantom products to become available to to us, the the phantom pleb fans who who are just trying to you know bulk out our collections as much as we can. 
All right. So that's a, that's all of the things that um, have happened over the last 12 months. Now we're, we want to talk at the, the four things that have been announced, but um, we haven't actually seen yet. And we've already touched on, um, Stephen brought up before, the colouring in books. They were um, probably six months ago, perhaps, the first time that it was flagged that those might become available for Christmas. Yeah, um, it was a Chronicle Chamber exclusive at Supernova, which would have been June last year. Yeah, so there you go. So that's that's been in the pipeline for a long, long time. And I and I think if I remember rightly, Glenn Ford has put up a post on Facebook uh, explaining that uh, that has taken longer to get off the ground than, than they had hoped, and and uh, um, that uh, the issues are beyond their control. But irrespective, we haven't seen it. So uh, sight unseen, colouring in books, plus minus positive, uh, plus minus interesting. Uh, plus because it brings the opportunity to. Uh, new new fans in the sense of kids and stuff like that, so it's a plus for me. Um, plus Steve? for me uh, as well, because especially with the um, but they want to get it out into into bookshops and stuff, so it's not just online. Yeah. They're getting it out to, to shops. So after what I've just said um, a couple of minutes ago, that has to be yeah. a positive. Yep, yep, and okay. a plus from me too. Um, I think that uh, as, well. Both of you make very good points there, and I'm not going to be able to add to them, so I'll just say it's a plus. Uh, so other things, other announcements. Um, the Kid Phantom series, which is the the Digest, uh, Kid uh, Phantom comic Digest uh, that's going to appear four times a year. I think cover price of about $8, similar to the Archies and the Casper the Ghost um, and the what uh, Hannah, Mont- Hannah Montana's. I'm trying to think what I've seen at... Um, Supermarket checkouts and uh, petrol stations now. Um, so the Kid Phantom series, which is also about the uh, teenage Phantom as he grows, um, the 21st Phantom as he grows in America while he's away at school. Uh, Stephen? I think it's a great idea and I can't wait to see it. Positive. Yeah, positive for me, even though I am unsure about certain things, i.e. the error, uh, the Phantom number and also whether they're going to be including other hooks for kids i.e giveaways stickers etc but it is definitely a plus because they are aiming for a new target audience which in my opinion which we will discuss further on in this podcast but i think is one of the things that they need to focus on for a year two um, I'm going to give it a plus personally um, for all of the reasons that have been mentioned and that I have mentioned on previous podcasts. But I will throw in the, the comment that I had a chat with uh, um, a, a comic book shop owner um, in the last fortnight or so and asked him about the, the prospect of Kid Phantoms because he did have the Archies and those sorts of things um, in the store. And he was surprisingly negative, actually. Um, and the vibe I got... From him was that the, the and I may have misread this and I don't want anyone to get upset about anything that I might say but I got the vibe I got the impression that the vibe from the comic book shop owners uh, in general was was pretty negative about it um, he mentioned the fact that it was only four times a year um, he wasn't quite sure I think he's very keen to get through in his store he was asking me about subscriptions and those sorts of things and, and how he could possibly purchase Cruise to, to sell in store, um, so yeah, plus from me. But I guess it's a watch this space and see how it unfolds mm. over the course of the so, first four issues. Were there any other things that he raised, or was it just the fact that um, 
uh, Fru's hard. Fru, in a sense, is from what you've said and also with what my comic book um, shop guys said, that they're not the easiest to communicate with and also that they're only going to be released four times a year or did he raise anything else? Just, just that question about who the audience was, I suppose. I, I gather yeah. that he understood um, that they'd be available for him to sell in store, but he didn't seem to know anything about uh, – didn't, didn't seem to think that they were going to get into supermarkets and that sort of thing. Um, I asked about the little trinkets and that sort of thing that because uh, every other digest-sized comic that he had in the store did come in a plastic bag and also had a little bracelet or a whatever. A hook or whatever you want yeah, to call exactly. it. Yeah, um, exactly. And they hadn't heard anything about those sorts of things being part of it. So without that, um, perhaps that's going to look a bit shabby on the shelf. Um, so I guess I guess it really is just going to be a wait and see. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. All right, um, the next innovation coming is the Phantom by Gaslight series. So it's the first time in a long time that we've seen, um, or perhaps ever actually, through commission their own artwork from start to finish. Um, and it's with an Australian author and an Australian artist, uh, that team, that creative team working together to produce a series about the 17th Phantom and his sister Julie in Europe about the same, England and about the same time as Jack the Ripper and that sort of thing, to be a little space filler at the back of some of the 22-page Egmont stories. So, um, plus, minus, or interesting, Jermaine? I'm gonna, I want to give it a plus, but I can't because there's too many question marks on it for me. So I have to give it an interesting. And I've covered a, a lot of these in a past podcast, so I won't go over, won't go over them again for space purposes but yeah it has to go be interesting for me okay. but i want it to succeed yes. and i want it to be a plus especially with the australian uh creative team and stuff Stephen, um i'm going to say it's a plus in the fact that there's a, a new story a new creative team coming out um how however we haven't read it yet there might you know, that might be rubbish. But um, I'd like to think positively about this. Um, the other concern was that it was a um, another type of um, uh, Heart of Darkness, So, you know, to, to put it at the end of comics. So how is that going to affect um, the Heart of Darkness run? Um, surely there's not enough 22-page stories out there yet that um, are going to give us a whole year's worth that they could just go, um, um, you know, one one week would be gaslight, one week hard darkness, one week gaslight, one week hard darkness. To be a alternative that way, there's going to be spaces where the where the main issue is going to take up the full thirty odd pages, and so it's going to create more gaps in in these um, these smaller um, small stories, small episodes of stories, but um. Uh, will I go interesting or plus? I'd, I'd have to go interesting until it's it's come out, and then we then we can give it a a, 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 a better rating. Fair enough. And I'm I'm going to give it a plus, even though I'm not going to add anything really to the arguments that you guys have made. But I'm going to come down on the more positive side on terms of it's a really good direction for fruit to grow. Yes, there's a lot of uh, question marks around it what it's going to look like and how it's going to 
operate, but I think it's um, it's a really positive sign, and so positive enough that I'm going to give it a plus. And the final um, the final thing that we have noticed and, and have heard out of through over the last 12 months, and it's been a long list, um, but the final one is the giant size um, uh, comics that are going to come out. I'm not going to call them a reprint um, because they've got new covers, but they do seem to be largely copies of the comics that appeared, the giant size comics that appeared in the 50s and 60s. Um, We've talked about these quite recently as well, and, and as with everything else we've talked about tonight, um, there are detailed articles about this on chroniclechamber.com, but um, the giant-sized comics as a concept, before we actually see them, obviously, um, plus, minus, or interesting. Stephen? Giant-sized comics, um, I'll go interesting. Um yeah, no, no further comment. Well, I'm just going to say interesting. Yeah, interesting for me as well. I think we'll keep that one quite short. We've discussed it in a previous podcast. Yep, and interesting for me. And perhaps we just park that there and say that that is the list of all of the things that we've um, we've. And just the fact, I, I will say now that just the fact that the list is so long and this podcast is already at whatever time it is, um, and all we've done is discuss the things that. Um, Prue have announced and the new things and the, the old things and the improvements and all the rest of it. Um, I think that speaks volumes in itself. Um, yeah. That they're, they're really, uh, you know, got their finger out and, and really doing some good work over the last 12 months. It's 50 pluses, six minuses, which will probably be Kiwi and replicas <laughs> and stuff, and 23 sitting on the fences. Yep, and, and probably 18 of those are yours. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But I think probably a lot of those are probably the ones that are still to come where yes. we can't really have a, a judgment call because we haven't actually seen it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so like, you, like you said, it's definitely a lot of pluses. Yeah, well, by the time you take that into account, the things that we've seen uh, by far and away... Very, very positive in terms and of the stuff the they've improved on. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So, Steve, you're taking over the next section. Okay, I'll just suspend my email there and just copy so I don't <laughs> lose it. Save draft. <laughs> yep. Oh, Dudley, expect, expect an email tomorrow. Tomorrow, he's going to expect it in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> an idea for your consideration is the way it's titled hopefully you read this before you, before you hear the podcast okay what am I on what's worked okay everybody so what's one thing that has worked for you um, that the Fruit Crew have done well if um, I had to pick then. yep oh, yeah sorry um, if I had to pick the best one uh, thing that has worked and then the, the greatest improvement that I have seen. I'm going to go with the covers. Um, I think that's uh, going to be front and centre in terms of what people see when they rock up to the newsagent. It's um, what a lot of collectors are after, even more so than the stories. You know, a lot of a lot of collectors will bag and board their comics in a way that is hard to read the stories, but they make sure they can see the covers. So clearly, the covers are very very important. And um, as we've mentioned earlier, the, the sheer variety of artists, um, the overall quality. I'm still not a 
massive fan of the word art that uh, they use for the titles and, and that mm. sort of thing. But um, the the wraparound covers, the super the supernova jam cover, um, just what they've done on those uh, out outward facing pages has just been magnificent this year. So that's that's the the biggest thing that's worked for me. All right, Jermaine. Mine would be the professionalism. I just think the professionalism has increased a lot with the new crew. Um, I think I think. You know, to be fair, we did see a huge improvement before Glenn and Renee, but I think Glenn and Renee have taken it to that new level where we've seen, you know, and overall we've seen colour, we've seen new ideas, we've seen better, a better product and like a more professional product, which I think has definitely worked. And I think it, I think all of the things kind of cover it all, really. Yeah, I think there's definitely been an increase in the quality. Um, they've talked about the paper stock. They've, they've addressed that. They've addressed covers that they're now um, a lot better than what they were a number of years ago. Um, so th- those sort of innovations have really helped um, to, to bring the, the quality of the publication up. So, um, yeah, the, that's I think that's something that's worked well. Um Okay, something that hasn't worked. Well, I know everyone's always seeing their praises, but sometimes things don't work. So, Dan, what, what have you got? Uh, well, I've um, I've written down here the Kiwi covers, um, and I think that's self-explanatory. If you've got to can it because it hasn't worked, it clearly hasn't worked. So, uh, for all the reasons that we mentioned um, earlier when we discussed them, uh, great idea, but you know, clearly they didn't work. Okay, Jermaine? Um, reaching new fans. Okay. They've, they've, been, they've been good in improving the comic for the current fans, and the current fans have done it. But my question is, and what, where, I've, where I personally see, and this is discussing it with, you know, the comic books, you know, the comic book owner, the... Um, you know, people who see me buy the comics in the comic book shop and other stuff and all that, and even, you know, and even judging it by the pe- the people that um, are on Facebook and commenting about their new the new comics and reading the forum letters, most, majority of them, they've picked up an old, they've picked up old fans, so like fans who used to read the comic, but I would like to see newer fans, new fans like, the kids, the younger kids who are picking up the comic, picking up the kid fandom or the, or the, you know, the free comic and reading it because it's it looks cool, the stories are great, and I don't see any evidence of that yet. So that's my thing that hasn't worked yet is that we haven't seen a new generation of fans yet. Now it's still very early, so you, you got to give them. I think they were. I think they were great in the sense that they have done the low-hanging fruit in the sense they've done the easy things that can be achieved in the first year, like the things we discussed above, and they've done them very well. And now, but, you know, now needs to be for the next gen. Yeah. Um, I'll disagree with you a bit on the new fans as um, I've happened to, to see a few kids 
uh, pick up the Phantom or, or inquire about the Phantom. So, um, yeah, well, you said you haven't seen it. I have, so I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Um, but, yeah, obviously the, the Kiwi covers are something that they tried and, and, and didn't work. So, um, yeah, who wants to see their, their hero covered up in, you know, poo brown um, costume? So we'll say that didn't work. Okay. Well, if, if I was yeah. going to go back then, and just listening to Jim as he talked then, um, if I was to go back and, and talk about something that has worked, you've got to say re-engaging old fans because yes. I, you, I, th- I think you might be a bit disparaging there when you say, you know, it's the easy job, it's the low-hanging fruit. Um, there, are, there are some fans that were rusted on for a long time but then drifted away because of, um, you know, the, the way that we did see the quality of the comic decline during the, the previous 10 years or so. But, um, you know, to, to get those guys back, guys and girls back, um, you know, it has been a fair effort and it's, it's um, a straightening of the ship, if you like, uh, that has been very, very important. And perhaps, you know, you've got to shore up your base because, before you can go chasing new voters. Um, yeah, exactly. And- I'm, I'm not having a go at that. It's more the fact that, you know, I think if you ask any fan... Okay, you've just been given the keys at free. What would be the first thing you'd do? And probably 90% of them would say better covers. So it's a fairly obvious, you know, and this is no, not not taking anything away from the work that they've done because they've, they've gone over and beyond with the work that they've done to get better covers and, and colour and all that type of stuff. But it is, you know, it is the easiest, easiest stuff to do to make those improvements on the comic. The harder stuff is going to be is to get the new readers, which is oh, yeah, what I think right. we're going to see in, in year two. Yeah. Very good. All right. Making a good point. So what are we sitting on? I the do f- make them occasionally, mate. <laughs> it just takes you three hours to get there, that's all. Funny <laughs> <laughs> uh... because it's true. <laughs> well, only during daylight saving time. Like during the rest of the year, it's only two hours. That's fine. <laughs> okay, sitting on the fence. So I'll start with you this time, Jermaine, because I went down two previous. So what is something that you're sitting on the fence with? Um, this one may surprise a lot of people, but for me, the thing that I'm sitting on the fence with has to be with keeping the traditionalists and the modernists both happy. Yeah, how so? Well, I'm not sure if they've done... I'm not sure if they've quite done it, and I'm not sure how they can do it. Um, I think maybe giant size might be the answer, where, you know, you can... Because the Replica series, I think, is a poor attempt of keeping the um, traditionalists happy, because, you know, while they might be getting fork stories, they're getting inferior forks, you know, the quality of the fork story. But, you know, they've... You know, it's like you can't have every second story a fork story because then the modernists who don't want to, you know, the people like Joe who who on the podcast in, you know, on the record have said that they do not buy, you know, free comics where that's already been published. So that's something that I must admit, I'm kind of sitting on the fence on where they are on that and how they're going to do that is keeping both parties happy. 
always a tricky yeah. thing to try and keep everyone happy. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it all the time, hmm. which we've well, discussed on the podcast. But you so have you it, to you have... give it its best go, though. Yeah, you have to be to be truthfully honest. And as you know, we all everyone who's listened to this podcast knows I'm a modernist and knows I'm a big, huge advocate for new new stories and stuff. But you have to have a place for folk stories because they are, you know, majority of them are the best still, and you have to have a place for them. But is the place in a regular free comic every, you know, one or one out of five folks, you know, free stories, or is it in a separate publication kind of thing like a um uh like a giant size where you can do something new with a fork story i.e in you know i.e like in giant size with color or in a proper format like the um uh like something like herms but maybe you're in a cheaper um you know in a cheaper trade paperback or something Mm. very good dan well, um, the giant size is the thing that I am sitting on the fence about um, because uh, I think that I think again, just listening to Jermaine there, there's some really interesting possibilities there. If you perhaps turn the giant size into um, these are going to be the colour leaf or reprints, perhaps. Um, but uh, the way that they have been um, introduced to us is that basically they're they're reprints of the internals of the comic book as it appeared in the in the 1950s and 60s but with a brand new cover so that isn't very exciting is it well it's neither here nor there you know it, it it's not it's not sure what it wants to be um you're not going to necessarily grab in and, and excite well you probably are going to excite the the guys who were there at the time and, and read those in the 50s and 60s and they're going to love to see those old stories again and with a um, a retro feel cover to it and all the rest of it, uh, but it's not going to be this. It's not a, a proper replica in the way that um, we would normally expect. Um, for the new readers um, or, or even the collectors like me, you know, I don't read the Phantom because I want to catch up on the adventures of the Shadow and Phantom Ranger and Catman. Um, and How and I'll you be. Buy? I'll buy it. Of course I'll buy it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, because, because I'm a Phantom Tragic. Of course I'm going to buy it. But um, I'm not – well, and, and look, this is why I'm sitting on the fence because maybe I'm going to start really enjoying the adventures of those other um, pulp heroes that I have not ever heard much of or, or read before. So um, I, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I'll, that's the the thing that I'm really looking forward to see. Um, that could go either way for me at this stage. Yeah, um, and what you mentioned there about about other pulp heroes, it's like um, uh, reading the the Dynamite stuff and having Jungle Jim. I really like that character. I'd like to see a bit more of Jungle Jim nowadays. So maybe that will happen with um, yeah. those other characters for me. Um, so yeah, I'll put down Giant Size as well for everything that you've said, and also. Because of yeah, the, the way it's been put to us, you know, you, we hear one thing, then um, then we hear another thing from um, coming out through or from the people who who run it, and you know, somebody's saying something they shouldn't have said, and then they have to try and fix it. So it's an interesting one. We'll see how it goes. Well, I'd, I'd really like it to see, to for it to succeed, but at the moment we'll just see how it goes. Mm. 
So a, a question. So let's just let's just forget what we kind of um because uh, they're all kind of mixed. What we said we we're sitting on the fence is all kind of mixed up. Um, actually, no. I want to wait for the next section and then I'll ask that question. Well, I thought this was, I thought you were taking over for your next section there. So oh, well, okay, I'll take over. <laughs> um, so, so my next section is um, uh, what to focus on for year two, or why two if you want to be hip and cool. So <laughs> we've got a couple of ideas. Why is is that, there anything man? else? What? <laughs> if you want to be hip and cool, so why start now? <laughs> yeah, you, can tell it's, you can tell it's always late by the end of these podcasts. Uh, they get even sillier. <laughs> okay, so we've got a couple of ideas here. So first one, which we've a lot of these we've kind of touched on, but we want to you know just focus on this, on these points is what to focus on for year t- for year two. First point: reaching new readers, future fans, and past fans. So how would you guys? What would you guys like to see regarding that point? Steve? Well, there you go. Oh, oh okay. Um, no, you go first, Dan. I was just trying to think of it. Um, it uh, reaching new readers. I mean, um, it, it goes without saying we, we want that. We've said, we've said that almost every podcast is that we're looking for the next generation to to take up the and find and out about the fandom. Swear the oath of the fans. Yeah, exactly right. To fall in love with the character the same way that we did. Um, to, if I think about how did I fall in love with the Phantom, part of it was because the, the comics were regular. Uh, they were in the news agents all the time. They were under people's noses. And, and I guess back in um, back when I was a kid, you were more often in news agents. I don't know that kids today are in news agents all the time. So how you put it under their noses is uh, a challenge, no doubt. Um, affordability. Um, is, is a factor. You've got to be able to, you know, and that's that we were talking about that when it came to the, the colour issues before. Colour is obviously going to be most appealing, but how do you make it so it's affordable to them? Um, there's there's a lot of challenges there and, um, you know, um, must keep these guys you know, awake at night trying to work out how they're going to do it. Um, but it needs to be done. And and I really like the way that they've consolidated, and I alluded to it before, they've consolidated their readership. And I think that most of what they've done, um, and, and as you've said already, is to re-engage that old, those old fans. I don't know that you need to do a whole lot more to re-engage those old fans. There is the question of the Lee Fork stories. But um, if, you, if you used to be a fan of the Phantom and you're not one now, then you're missing out. And you will find out that you're missing out at some point. Um, I'd like I'd like to see advertising in um, in the the news agents. Maybe the you know just an A A one or an A A one's quite large, an A two or an A three poster, even an A four mm-hmm. poster that hangs on the um, comic book shelf to remind people that it's there. Um, I think that they should have had that for the 80th, for instance, or or every annual should have those sorts of things. The Christmas special. Um, to, to make it jump out at that time of year. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure I've solved any problems there, but that, that is certainly <laughs> some, a problem that they need to solve. <laughs> and it's a, and it's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I think the, their idea of um, 
going young with the with the kid fandom is, is a good idea enriching our new readers um we all agree that something needs to be done um so when it, when when did you first start reading the fandom just a, just yeah. a question regarding that oh, yeah, was how good. old were you oh uh, i can't remember the age but um 10 12 when um Jim, uh, when dan was saying that you know always in comic shops and always under your nose Oh, the, there was always a newspaper around, and the fandom was always in the newspaper. Um, so that and the stories were good, like oh great, you know the Lee Corp stories. Um, and so you get hooked on on that, and then you go into the news agents and you see, um, you know, you see more than three panels. You see, you know, thirty six pages of the Phantom there. You think, yes, I'm going to buy that. I'm really enjoying these stories. So um, it, it was probably. <laughs> For as far back as, as I can remember, there's been the Phantom, whether it's just been um, in the newspaper or, you know, if you, fi- you find the um, the odd blue cover issue at a market. But it probably wasn't until, or definitely it wasn't until I had a paper round back when I was in year nine, I think, or year eight when I started that. And, um, so that was 13, 14. Yeah, I was a, I was also one of the youngest in the year level. So, well, year eight, let's say year eight, I turned thirteen. So the youngest I was thirteen, oldest fourteen, fifteen. When I, you know. How old were you, Dan? Yeah, I would have been about that nine, ten bracket, I reckon. Yeah. So and, I started and, and that from that, that age yeah. is when I actually had the money to go out and buy it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Point, I yeah. was relying on Dad to get me. Oh, well, he was still kind of collecting them at the time. Yeah, so I was reading from about nine, ten, but I didn't start again, same as you. Didn't didn't start buying, collecting until I was about twelve. So I, I just I just asked that because that's it's interesting that it's a very similar age. So as, that's the age you've got to really target. Mm, it's the age that, and if you um, you know, a lot of a lot of people were about the same age. I would say, like all my mates yeah. saw. A lot of my mates picked up reading the Phantom and around that age as well. Obviously, the movie helped because um, the movie came out like the year after I started collecting. Yeah, but I mean that—that's unique yeah. to you. I mean, I didn't yeah. have the movie. Um, yeah, I know I'm only five or six years older than you. I think, um, you know, and and every generation before us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that was lucky for for you that you got in at that time, but. Uh, it is. It's a formative age, that um, eight, mm. nine, ten, eleven age bracket. And that's when you need to be getting um, this really cool jungle character who's sworn an oath and has got great morals and a sense of family and a sense of justice and all the rest of it. That's when you need to be putting that in front of those kids. Yeah. So, so through you know, they've got the obligation to to put out a great publication, but um, like I said, the first thing I saw was a, was a strip in the newspaper. And then, you know, physical newspapers might not be as popular as they were back when we were kids, but they're still out there. And um, if you want people to to continue buying the, the comic book, you got to have a quality um, yeah. story going through the paper. And recently, they've uh, I don't want to swear, so I'll just say they've been rubbish. Um, <laughs> the, I think they've been this rubbish. Thing, but a, a stamp collector yeah. and putting him on a stamp. How do you how do you make that exciting? It's it's rubbish. Yeah. I think I think they're rubbish daily stories, yeah. but they're okay standalone stories if that makes sense. In the sense that 
if you read it in a comic, it's okay. But yeah. reading it day to day, it does mm. fail. And I and I take that comment, especially with the um, with the twins story. Um, you know, I've been very critical of that last year, or whatever. Um, and then reading it in the comic, it didn't seem so bad. But I I doubt I'm going to have the same sort of reaction when I read about mm. this bloody stamp collector. No, there have been yeah. there have been spots where it's been um, yeah, quite exciting. There's been action, but um, on the whole, it's, it hasn't been that great. So is it more? By saying that the Sunday, I've been really enjoying the Sunday story, and yeah, I've really enjoyed the Sunday story. So yeah. So so is it? I mean, Fru still needs to make some running, but a lot of the heavy lifting needs to be done by King Features and the and the originals mm. that they're putting out is, yeah. is I guess what we're getting out there. And, yeah. and I think that, and it's not just the stories they're putting out, but if King Features um, perhaps made licensing easier or or cheaper, more affordable for more people to put out licensed products, that's where you're going to see. Um, yeah. You're talking about gift shops before, and, and we all remember Granny Mays and what's new. Um, getting those shops humming again with Phantom stuff, like you would, you know, Target, mm. Kmart, those sorts of things. Getting back onto bedspreads and on T-shirts and boxer shorts and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, the licensing from King, and and that would do a lot of the work for for Fruit, rather than this little uh, this little publishing company um, down in the bottom corner of the world in Australia, um, having to do all the heavy lifting. Yep, totally agree with that one. Okay, so the next area of focus that we've come up with is to increase the presence in comic book shops and news agents, which we've kind of touched upon with uh, Steve when he made mention, and I think it was also Dan, like, in just previously. But we've also talked about, like, um, uh, Dan, you were saying about how your comic book, um, local comic book owner, hadn't heard from through on how to get a subscription or anything like that. Oh, I'm not, um, I'm, I don't want to put those words in his mouth, but he did, he did inquire to me about my subscription and how that worked. And the impression that I got, and I might be wrong, but the impression yeah. that I got was that uh, he was considering taking out a subscription or multiple subscriptions himself in order to be able to get comics in the store. And that just seems crazy, <laughs> to, to be blunt, uh, if that was the case. Um, yeah. You would think that there'd be some sort of um, uh, retail arm of Fruit that would be able to say, okay, so you're... Um, you know, a comic book shop in Townsville and you would like 15 frues to put on your shelf every fortnight, um, we'll send them up. Or, or, or 20, or, you know, I don't know what the numbers would be, but you should be able to, as a retail business, be able to to, to have a bulk order of some sort yeah. to, to pass it on. So uh, at the moment, I, I, you know, there's probably legal agreements and, and contracts and all that sort of thing with Gordon and Gotch and the way that they distribute them into news agents and whether that means that they can't uh, have these other arrangements with um, comic book chains or no, far can't. more frequently individual comic book shops. But um, that's that's probably um, something that they really need to explore. Yeah. So I'll just tell you, I've talked to my local comic book, uh, who's actually a Phantom fan, and he listens to this podcast occasionally. He um, is a member of various Facebook uh, Facebook pages as well um, and he's you know been very very positive fan and he's 
drawn his own little phantom face to kind of stick up and stick from the roof so it draws people to where the phantom comics are and stuff like that. So he's very pro-phantom. But he has said in the past, in the recent past, that he has found it hard to communicate with fruit um, to be able to figure out, like, you know, with um, with various things from the barcode to also, like, he didn't he did not know about the the fruit folios, the posters, or anything like that. And he was like, you know, it would have been good to maybe get an email from him or the the signature series. He didn't know about that either. Um, and he expressed interest in, you know, that would have been an all right idea to, because he has Phantom fans who get their comics from him. And so he's looking at it as well. If I can get, say, two of these signature series, I can, you know, display a nice one up somewhere because people do like signature comics, which we've discussed yep. as well. But then he might be able to on-sell that to one of the fans or some of the fans who are buying the fruits through him. Yes. So I, I think there's definitely a... Um, now, some... Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at the back of um, uh, the Dynamite issues where they have all the rep, all the uh, variant covers. Yeah. And they have a thing called a... a um, what's it called? A retailer incentive cover. Yes. So say, for instance, the way I understand it is that if you buy a certain amount, you get a cover. Like, for instance, if you buy 25, you get one of these or, or, or whatever the whatever the way it works. You know, maybe Fru needs to do something like that. So, like, for instance, you know, if you do 20 of us, we'll give you a free set of posters or, or you know, something yeah. like that. So then that way it, it gives an incentive to the comic book shop to do it. I also think Fru needs to cash in on the fact that they are an Australian publication because people in Australia, in the comic book shops and stuff, they promote Australian Australian created stuff, Australian published companies and stuff like that. So there's and people will buy Australian just because it's Australian. Whether they read the comic or not, they'll go, Oh, this is an Australian, I'm gonna support an Australian comic. And so I, I think there's definitely there's there's a bit of a miss at the moment with how they communicate with comic book shops. Yeah. From from the way from from what I from my conversation with them, and then I've also had a conversation with someone else who has made mention of the same, who uh, has had similar conversations with their comic book owner as well. Stephen, anything you want to add to that, or do you want to move on? Um, there's, there's nothing more to add. I've, I've also had the same sort of conversation with my um, local comic shop, so um, yeah, I've got nothing more to add. Hmm. Another thing that we uh, raised, which uh, Stephen's already raised, is that there's an increase in other shops and gift shops and stuff, and then we've talked about, you know, it's not really a, a free focus, but it's probably more of a King Features focus, so um, we won't probably dwell on that much more but um probably the last one unless you've got any the last one that i've got written down anyway unless you wanted to add any more points would be how to do lee fork stories it's it's a real challenge um 
because we all, right, we so all would you would you say that they have failed dan as our resident um forecast would you say they have failed leaf fork this year with their output of leaf fork stories failed is a very strong word and it's hard to use that when um the stats would say that 18 out of 70 stories were written by Lee Fork. But um, you're right in the sense that the nine replica, um, you know, nine of those 18 are in amongst the replica series, all of which were truncated versions and, and edited and abridged versions of the original Lee Fork. Um, and he would probably be one of the first people to say that they don't truly represent the work that he did. Um, the the annual, which was all Leaf Orc stories, was good. Um, we've touched on that. Um, it's it's a really tricky one because the the really classic stories that were that were in these replica series now, for the most part, they've been done. Um, Jim Shepard has at some at some point during his um, rebirthing of Fru back in the nineties. Uh, went through and and republished them in all their glory. So Romance and the Vesta Pirates, Governor and Susie, Phantom Goes to War, all of these multi-part, um, multi-issue stories have now been published um, in in the way that they should have been in the first place. And so uh, you're on hiding to nothing because if you reprint those, even though some of them haven't seen the light of day for 20, 25, 30 years, um, if you reprint those, then you're going to have people upset about that. Um, so, uh, again, it's a very difficult one. I've, I Personally, I feel that 2016, for well, the 12 months that we've just seen, um, was not a bad year for Lee Fork. It's, uh, I think the female phantom being coloured in the, the annual um, probably capped it by saying, you know, that that's probably a sign of where they could go mm. uh, in terms of, and you've mentioned it already tonight, unedited, fully coloured versions of the, the Sundays and the Dailies from the Leaf Orc era uh, would be magnificent to see. Um, there's, there's nearly 300 Leaf Orc stories out there, so it's not hard to get a variety and, and to look at stories that haven't been published for a long time um, amongst that. Would you do it in chronological order or would you just do it higgly-piggly? No, I don't think chronological. I think we've seen with the the replica series, both the ones in the annuals and the the countdown, once you bind yourself into something, then you make it very hard to get out of again. So I think Mm. that higgly-piggly is is not perhaps the word that I'd use, but selectively in terms of, well, let's look at the full catalogue of Lee Fork stories which ones have been published the least by Fru? And there'd be some that have been published less than five times in a, in, in 70 years. Um, we, how long ago were they published? And anything, and I think Dudley's used this figure in his, his messages, but anything that's over 20 years has got to be fair game because there's a lot of people then who won't have read that story. And just because, um, you know, <laughs> I used the word idiots before, but just because crazy people like us have bought comic books and then pursue comic books from before when we were born doesn't mean that everyone's read those stories and it's easy for us to to live in a bubble i think and just assume that every phantom fan has already read a lee fork story it's not the case um and so to get those in front of new fans is just as important as um uh because because then you know the history and we've said that 
for the most part, they're the best stories. So why wouldn't you want to keep seeing them? Yep. Stephen, anything you want to add? Um, I don't Not much to add because Dan's pretty much said it all. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my email. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing you want to add, Stephen? No, nah, no. Nah. It's a tricky situation, then. And yeah, and I've said it over and over again. I want to read Lee Falk's stories in their entirety. So yeah. Mm. Well, I'm not going to add anything because I've said it before, and Dan's reset it again. So there's no point in me saying it again. <laughs> um, otherwise, we will sound like a broken record. Um, so before we finish off, any other got any other points? guys that you would like to see through focus on for Y2? Well, I just, I think that in all of this discussion, um, we need to keep it in context a little bit. And I sort of alluded to it there with uh, the fact that Australia's um, a tiny little corner of the world. And um, through publishing, in terms of publishing houses, is a very small operation. And I say this with the greatest of respect, but um, if you go and have a look at Egmont, for instance, and they're the other company that we talk a lot about, talk about a lot. If you go and have a look at Egmont's website, you get start to get a bit of a feel for the the massive size of that publishing company. Um, I picked up a Tintin book the other day, which was published by Egmont. Like these guys um, are publishing books, they're publishing magazines, they're publishing comic. You know, the the Phantom brand is a tiny part of their operation. So there's a, they've got a lot of resources to put behind mm. what they do, whereas Frew, what has got three people in the Frew crew and probably less than six employees, I'm guessing. Um, oh, I, would, I would say probably maybe one or two more employees, so maybe five, six all up. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Less than six people in total. So, so to for people to try and compare the two of them against each other, it's not apples and apples. Um, mm. So, so that's not it's not a fair comparison. And I think and the, Fru's definitely punching above their weight. Like, oh God, yes, absolutely. Like we've said before on this podcast, and we're going to be doing a um uh, a video review of the Egmont 80th special. But Fru's 80th special, in my opinion, was a lot better than Egmont's. Right. The cover was better, um, and you know the contents and the execution was also better. Yep. And the uh, the other the other publishing company that I guess we talk about a fair bit um, is Hermes Press and what they do in terms of the reprints, whether that's the Charltons and the Kings um, or the original Sundays and Dailies. Um, and there, you know, you can't really compare apples and oranges or, or whatever there as well because uh, they're they're deliberately a very high quality publication, and they're appealing to a different market. And that's not to say at all that Fru is low quality. But if if Fru started charging prices that Hermes do, um, <laughs> they'd disappear very quickly. So again, there's, there's a I guess a long, very long tradition of Fru being affordable, available, um, you know, abundant all over the place, and, um, yeah, I think that uh, for for the comparison against Hermes, the comparison against Egmont, I think we really need to be very, very grateful for what Fru do and for what they provide, and I don't know that we could have asked for um, a better 
yeah. first year of a new ownership than yeah. what we've got out of Renee and Glenn. Um, and, and obviously the work with Dudley was with them as well. Agree with that. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you just got to look at our um, numbers before. It was what? It was 50-odd 50 50-odd 50 pluses to... Um, yeah, 50 pluses to... Even if you include the minuses and interesting, that was, you know, 29. So it was almost yep. double the amount of pluses than yep. uh, interesting and minuses. Yep. Yep. Uh, Stephen, anything you want to add before we sign off? No, I don't think I can. Not a problem. Have you sent that email off yet? Um, just rereading it now. <laughs> Read it out to us. No, I'll send you it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, so we've entitled this a renaissance. Um, now, why did we title this a renaissance? We we were. I must admit we. We were all debating about different uh, different uh, titles for this first year. A couple of them were. What were yours, Dan? Oh, I think we were tossing around through review and um, through year one, um, a focus on through. Uh, there was hope. there was a lot of names in the workshop. Um, I like New Hope. A New Hope. A New Hope. Why <laughs> one? That was. I, 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 well, I came up with that one and Renaissance, so credit credit is where credit's due. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the, the ones that we liked was the, you know, I think we all kind of agreed on Renaissance. And it's probably the second, or maybe even the second coming, second coming of the Renaissance, because we definitely yeah. saw a Renaissance when Jim Shepard came on board in the late 80s, early 90s. And it, I must admit, it took him... Probably he made less changes in his first year than what Free has, the new Free yes. Crew has. Um, where I think I think from memory, Jim put in one Egmont story once a year, and then he had a gap of three years, and then he put like five, and it was steadily increased like that. Where you know Free Crew's almost you know got the got the butcher's knife out straight away, and you know cut off a bit of fat and, you know, trimmed it up and made it a little bit better almost overnight, which is a huge thing. So I think Renaissance is a fair uh, a fair comment that, you know, that it might not be a golden age like uh, like Steve, uh, Stephen made mention of the 90s, um, but a Renaissance or a New Hope I think is definitely a, um, a very good uh, wrap-up of the first year. So... Yeah. Steve, any any final final comments before we sign off for you, and then I'll ask you, Dad. Any final final comments? No, I, I think you've summed it up nice. Look, you know, calling it a new hope or calling it a renaissance, I think uh, are all are good comments, and I think we can all agree that um, the crew have done a fantastic job. Some things haven't worked out as well as I wanted to, but it, it gives us great well great hope. Um, for the future of, of, of the fandom. Dan, in one sentence or less? Oh, now I have to choose my words carefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> without disparaging anything that the, the Shepherd family ever produced, this there's no doubt you have to call this a renaissance because it is a rebirth, it's a fresh start, 
and it's going really, really well and fills me with uh, joy at what we're going to see in the future. All right, that was about two sentences, but we'll let you get away. It was a semicolon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to episode 58. We are not sorry for the length of it, but we thought that uh, it is due a a good review, which is about two hours. Like I said, we are not sorry. Um, We didn't want to, we're trying to rush it as much as possible, but we wanted to give it a fair review. All right. Thank you for that, guys. Um, So thank you everyone for listening to this. I know it's been a little bit long, but I think it is fair to say that it is much needed. And to be honest, we're not really sorry that we've kept you for two hours. There's worse things you could be listening to. Um, (laughs) So thank you for listening to us for episode 58. Uh, Like always, there is uh, Patreon. There is social media. There is iTunes. uh, So don't forget to leave a review on iTunes because it will boost our standing so when people search for phantom they will find us a lot better based on your reviews so we've got some exciting stuff coming up in episode 59 and 60 we you will know all about that very very soon so again thank you thank you Stephen and dan as always thanks guys yeah thank you jam and goodbye happy phantoming all right, so also amongst the 31 issues, there was the three... Oh, sorry, mate, you still going? Dude, mate, I'm done. You there, Steve? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this Very this could be an edit point. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about the, uh, the colour on... Um... Uh, that's my daughter. Uh, she wants to join the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, hang on, let me, let me, oh, blah, 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 blah. Let me re record that. I just sent the. Yeah. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty, and all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks, the Phantom, enemies beware, the Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom, he finds.